through the woods and oh my god, I'm at Camp Crystal Lake. Is that Jason Voorhees? Fighting a guy with the three-piece collapsible shovel by Landon Industries? That thing is easy to assemble, amazingly strong, and a multi-purposed essential piece of gear to the everyday hiker. Here comes the spooky! What's going on, chuds and chudettes? Here comes the Spookies back with episode 22. Today we're going to talk about Bill Paxton's would-be 65th birthday before we go over some of his horror movie hits. And then we review Never Hike Alone, where we find out why Jason Voorhees hates YouTubers just coming into his place and touching his stuff. So sit back, relax, and tie your buddy to a chair and make him listen to your second favorite podcast. All right, welcome back, guys. Welcome back to the Here Comes the Spooky podcast. Uh, so we are joined by my co-host, my best friend, Nachos Werewolf. I am, of course, your host, Cincinnati Jeff. And today we've got two, not one, but two special guests with us. We've got Aaron Southworth and Mix Master Marshall Hanton from the Horrible Horror Podcast. Gentlemen, thank what? you for joining oh! us. What's up, fellas? Uh, How you doing? Really appreciate you guys being here and... uh Definitely reviewing this with us. We love hanging out with you guys. Sounds well, yeah, like we, we got a crossover episode. We appreciate it. Thank you. Right? Uh, first time we finally get both both of you on the show at the same time. I'm sorry that we all couldn't be together, uh, thanks to this lovely virus. It is what it is, but uh, it's, it's nice to get something going. You know, I like what Nacho said about being a crossover. Yeah, it's like the old uh, X-Men, you know, Spider-Man, or X-Men Avengers crossover episodes. He had a back in the day. I like the uh, the Spider-Man X-Men one. That was good. It was like Spider-Man was kind of racist about mutants because he didn't want to be one. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Come on, Pete. Be a little progressive. What right? the fuck? Kind of a jerk about you it. You would think of all people, yeah. Yeah. You So, so is Peter Parker a MAGA hat wearing uh, fanatic? <laughs> I mean, he's he, not out there drinking bleach and eating sunbeams. <laughs> he has a hat, and on it, it's the X-Men logo, but with an X through it. It's very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> all right well um uh before we get started um i i got a couple of uh talking points here there wasn't really much in the world of horror movie news in the past couple weeks nothing that we haven't either a already discussed or uh b just really wasn't even worth mentioning um but i did get two uh one was the website bloody disgusting did an interview with ski screenwriter dennis paoli uh, who was the screenwriter and worked on the Reanimator films? And oh, nice! This interview was about the sequel that never was called House of Reanimator, oh. which fans have speculated about for many years. You've gotten bits and pieces of it here from, like, you know, Jeffrey Combs, Gordon Stewart, things like that. But this would have been the fourth movie in the Reanimator franchise, and it was going to be set where um, Herbert West and Dan were going to be uh, in the White House. And William H. Macy was cast as the president of the United States. So that sounds fantastic. Right? So this this thing, uh, it's a great interview, and it's a very long article, so you really get a lot of like context and just like all this information that we'd never really had before all in one place about this like would-be fourth movie from the franchise, which I know Nachos is a big fan. I love the Reanimator series. I'm not sure how you guys feel about it, if you like it, but um, 
If you do, would you have wanted a fourth movie? I don't know. I'll be 100% honest. After the first movie, I don't know if I've ever seen any of the sequels to the point, or if I did, they don't, re- they don't stand out enough in my memory to be that memorable. So I don't think I really care if there would have been a fourth or not. I don't think I would have, you know, it just wouldn't have mattered to me that much, to be, I'm going to be honest. Bright was okay because it had like that. Uh, she's in Halloween Four. She's the cops do it by the book chick. Yeah, and I want to oh, say the blonde girl. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I think she used to bang like Lorenzo Loramas or whatever. You that's know, the one. Get... That's, <laughs> the, that's <laughs> the one that Michael stabs with a shotgun. Yep. Yeah, you got it. That's, you got it. that's not and how you the... use guns, Mike. Don't tell Michael Myers what to do. <laughs> um, and then what? What three? That's the one where he's in prison and it's a little wonky. Dude, I would have taken a fourth reanimator. I think it was supposed to take place during the uh, George W. administration. I think I that was so. Yeah, because it's an old fucking script. It, yeah, it's it's been out for a while, and it, I think that's that was like the William H Macy was going to be a, a W type of president. Oh, but I, I think dude cut it off. I like the movie, <laughs> the franchise enough uh, for me. I mean. Uh, I do enjoy Bride. I actually like Beyond, the third one, a little bit more than Bride, just because I like the prison setting. I will say the movie's kind of choppy, but it's fun. And you get a reanimated wiener. <laughs> I'm pointing at you. You can't see it, but I'm like, yep. Uh, how about well, you, Aaron? Uh, did you, you big fan? Ever seen any of them? Or? I liked, uh, I love the first one, and I saw bits and pieces of the second one. I haven't seen the third. Um, I was sure would like to do uh, Bride of Reanimator someday, again, with our first guest on uh, Reanimator, which was uh, Alexi Karpitsky, our resident science uh, friend, who is currently testing COVID-19. Uh, so he's working in the lab testing all the tests in the entire uh, St. Louis area. So hats off to him. Wow. Thank you very much. S- snaps to Alexi. Right, right. So, it, But I would like to have him on as a guest for uh, number two. Uh, well, on that note, uh, we'll take that opportunity to say thank you, as we usually do. On these episodes uh, to all the healthcare workers, employees, and people that are working in the hospitals, those that are working in grocery stores. Here comes the spooky. Just wants to say that we really thank you. Appreciate the work that you're doing. We try to follow Deliver- protocol and wear those masks. Those delivery people. Those delivery people. Yes, also. the delivery people as well. Yes. Oh. We try to wear masks and, and practice social distancing. We haven't seen each other for nine weeks now. None of us. So uh, I don't even remember what any of you look like. We respect you for that. <laughs> so thank you. I, I know some of her cameras are on, but still, it's... Let's not forget our fast food boys. Come on. And and ladies, respectively. <laughs> <laughs> my, my fucking triple cheeseburger isn't going to make itself, you know. <laughs> you are you are correct. Uh, so the last uh, point of news I have here is uh, actually not even so much as news, uh, but today would have been, and I'm not sure I'm doing this for you, your buddy Bill Paxton's 65th birthday. God, he died so young. It's such a tragedy. Him and Seymour asses gone before their prime. The the dog from 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 Futurama. Yeah. Oh, I know. I, mean, I thought we were <laughs> I don't remember Bill Paxton being dead. I I must have missed that news. What? We got some bad news for you. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> Man, I'm just. I'm out there. I guess. I just. I guess. I probably remember, but it's something that didn't, I forgot about. <laughs> He's like, I was having a good day till you fuckers reminded me of that. I thought we were going to go one episode where nobody talks about a dead dog, by the way. <laughs> My bad. I broke protocol. Uh, the reason it came up, though, was because last night I was hanging out with uh, some friends. Um, 
and they were like, oh, what YouTube video should we watch? You can like share audio on, 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 on Zoom. And I was like, uh, everyone like kind of went off their best ones. And I was like, here, look up Martini Ranch Reach. You know, Attable. For my buddy Nacho's such a fan of it. He makes me watch it every time we hang out. And uh, that prompted me to just uh, like remember seeing something about Bill Paxton. It was his birthday today. So I wanted to do a little article on it. And and the thing about Bill Paxton that I think one, what that I love the most is this is the only person to hit the film trifecta on being killed on screen by an alien, a predator and a Terminator. I got to poke a hole in your theory right there, bud. How's that? In Terminator, he just got thrown real hard. He didn't die. He oh. might have, like, got a rib broken or fucked up. I'm but... sorry. Is is he made of rubber? No, he's he's dead. He's, he's dead. dead person. Yeah. Yeah, he's a human he's being. Dead. And a giant, a giant cyborg tossed him around like a fucking rag doll. He, he... <sighs> Who's called the Terminator? Right? He's terminating people, all right? This isn't a guy called Butterbean, all right? He's just knocking him out. Right, Butterbean I know, man. Butterbean's pretty fucking big. That's a big vodka right there. Yeah, but his job is to knock him out, not terminate. <laughs> dude, I'm sure that dude could terminate the fucking Golden Corral buffet. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I love it when he fucking knocks out Johnny Knoxville in Jackass the movie, <laughs> and then fucking Knoxville's first thing he gets up after he's fucking unconscious is, "Is Butterbean okay?" <laughs> well, let's not forget Butterbean's amazing performance in the uh, WWF's uh, Brawl, Brawl for All championship. Yeah, well, it was no, so it was the winner for the Brawl for All who had yeah. to fight him at the Royal Rumble. I want to say, well, Bart that's Gun. Yeah, that's what, yeah, yeah, Bart Gun. <laughs> and he, yeah, he knocked him out in like the first thirty seconds. Yeah. <laughs> so Which, if if you're interested, Vice again has a fantastic. It's called The Dark Side of the Ring, a series of documentaries. And they have one about uh, the Brawl for All and how stupid it was. It basically ended the career of two wrestlers who had promising careers because they got legitimate injuries like concussions, torn ACLs, ripped hamstrings because they're trying to do athletic moves. Like, they're not doing their stage moves. They're doing actual boxing moves, and they're not built for that. Imagine a guy who's 300 pounds who's not used to floating like a butterfly and stinging like a bee trying to. <laughs> So it has been speculated that the Brawl for All was created by Vince Russo to punish uh, JBL for being an asshole and always hazing people. But it was Bart Gunn who ended up winning the whole thing. And apparently he wasn't supposed to. Obviously, they came. No, he, he was not supposed to. But they were yeah, like, that was like a fluke, yeah. an accident. <laughs> they were like, well, he won. So the uh, again, speculation here. But uh, they say that the Butterbean fight was set up as a punishment for winning the Brawl for All. Yeah, I've heard that, but I, I do. I, I've, yeah, I do remember Bart Gunn was not supposed to win that at you all. You guys have to watch the documentary; it's fantastic. Um, do you guys remember Ghostbusters pretty well? I swear to God, this correlates to what we're talking about. I'm interested. All right, there's a deleted scene where it's Dan Aykroyd and uh, Bill Murray, and they're playing these two homeless dudes, and they're having this argument in the park as the terror dog fucking you know runs through. It's like, what the fuck is that? But anyway, it's like. Who wins in a fight, a boxer or a guy like Bruce Lee? Like, oh, a kung fu master, who wins in that fight? You guys know what I'm talking about. It's fucking... No, no, I haven't seen that I don't think scene. I recall that scene, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a deleted scene. It just kind of sucks it didn't make it to the movie, but whatever, you know. What can the you answer do? is still Bruce Lee. Go, it's still Ghostbusters at the end of the day. The answer is Bruce Lee. I don't know, Bruce Lee versus Mike Tyson action. I think Mike Tyson would fuck Bruce Lee up. I mean, Bruce Lee's a badass, with all due respect, but I wouldn't... You know what? I wouldn't want to catch one from either of them. 
that's think that's no the shit. correct answer. Yeah. <laughs> that is the correct answer. Yeah. Goddamn right. Uh, so, uh, so back to the uh, Paxton thing here. Uh, as I wanted to do a rundown of some of the best horror movies that we may not uh, have had the pleasure of seeing, but uh, have seen Bill Paxton in. He's actually got quite a few. I uh, was so huh. going through his back catalog here. So, you know, there's maybe some you, you don't know or or maybe you've never seen before. Uh, some of them are early Indian, ones. Indian Summer. <laughs> <laughs> it's a horrible movie. Absolutely terrifying. Twister. Now, that's a scary movie. Dude, I watched a piece of shit I'll tell you guys about later. But, uh, All right. So this uh, first one is very early on. Uh, I want to say it's early 80s. Might be late, late 70s. Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker. I've heard about Ooh. it. I've never seen it. I heard uh, it's bad. I heard never, it's... I've never heard of it, but that sounds right up our alley. Good yeah. yeah. So the first time I saw this, um, I thought of you guys. This is a definite, oh. like exploitation fucking bloody mess. It's, it's cool. Is it good? I'll let you be the judge of that. But I like nah. it. Uh, next up is Mortuary, which is a slasher. Is that the? Is that from the guy who did uh, T- Tom McLaughlin did Friday Six? Or am I thinking something? No, is it the one where the chick has the demon faces on her tits? Yes, I believe that's that. That fucking bonkers, man. Uh, then next up is Near Dark. Ooh, love shit. it. That movie is fucking impossible to find. I know, but it's fun. It's it a is. great movie. And that's the chick from I Mad Men. I didn't know that. that I was is, actually looking for that on Amazon last night. That is, a and cool the little movie. brother from Teen Witch. Yes, that kid's so weird looking. Coming from a weird looking dude, you know that, that kid. <laughs> he's yeah. ghoulish. That kid looks like a mackerel. I mean, so what's what's the plot in the movie? It's like you kind of cherry pick uh, your favorites from Aliens, and then it's like you throw uh, on the kid from Teen Witch, and uh, yeah. it's that fucking that bar scene but i'm not gonna say anything i love the cover of that vhs because he's like standing there like half makeup like burnt face with a fucking like weird half ready glove on which they're just iron fingers like it's that's a cool movie uh next next up you have to send me this list uh, after the show you gotta like text me the list of these this movie list you you always listen to it marshall (laughs) wow yes all right, fine. <laughs> well, I do know that Marshall listens uh, occasionally because he did he did he did text me back that one time. <laughs> so I know he listens wow. occasionally. <laughs> All right, but I don't think he listened to the most recent episode because we we talk about zombies using tools, which I know he's not a fan of. I am not a fan of that. <laughs> that yeah, that's a whole other conversation. Uh, but uh, next up is uh, number four on the list: Brain Dead, and that's not the Peter Jackson Dead Alive Brain Dead. Uh, this one has Bill Pullman in it. And, I tried uh, to watch it. That George was weird. Kennedy. It's like the cover is of like a face with the skin being stretched on like meat hooks. It, it looks like the the alien from, from uh, Doctor, Who. Doctor Who. Moisturize me. Why uh, do I know that reference? I fucking hate Doctor Who. Because that's a good so season. It's got Christopher Eccleston. It's, it's got Bill Paxton and Bill Pullman. Yes. And George wow. Kennedy. So how much of the movie do you just confuse each other? You know, for each other. <laughs> like, which one's that? I don't know. Just write Paxton on his shirt and write Pullman on his Bill, shirt. Bill. Bill over here. <laughs> Bill. They both fuck over. Both, both fucking sack lunches say Bill P on it. <laughs> yeah. well, well, which one's egg salad sandwich? God damn it. Uh, this next one, number five, 
is a comedy horror movie uh, called The Vagrant. Have you guys ever seen this? Nope. I've heard of it. This is funny. So it's basically single white female, uh, but he has a homeless guy who moves into his rental space, essentially, and he can't get rid of him. Uh, and there's, I believe, or not a homeless guy, no, it's a fucking, uh, it's a big mouse. God damn it, now I'm fucking drawing a blank. I've only seen it one time. <laughs> big mouse. A single white female with a big mouse instead of Rebecca, like, instead of a, what? Yeah, I'm scratching my head on that one, bud. Well, yeah, you know what, I, I'm gonna have to fucking, I just, when I said it out loud, I was like, <laughs> this doesn't seem right. On paper, it was fine. It didn't sound crazy till the words came out of my mouth. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> it. So let's see here. Um, the film stars Bill Paxton as Graham Krakowski, a financial clerk who is being driven insane by a homeless man after moving into a new home across the street from where the homeless man had been squatting. Okay. All right. That's the uh, plot of the movie. So it is essentially a, a horror comedy. Okay. I remember it now. Whew. Apologize for that. But, uh, Tell me where it's Big Mouse, though. I'm intrigued. <laughs> I remember there being like a mouse he's trying to catch inside his house. I've only seen it once. I just uh, think of like Ren Howick with the Mickey Mouse hat. Like, squeak, I'm a mouse, I tell you. I, 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 every time I picture it, though, when I'm talking about it, I see the mouse from uh, Graveyard Shift, which I know is incorrect. Or the rats or whatever. Anyway, moving on. And we're back. This next one, uh, I don't think many people have seen. It's called Boxing Helena. I've heard of it. I've heard of it. I've not seen it. This is a neat movie um, where a doctor falls in love with a car accident patient. So he kidnaps her and to keep her from escaping, removes her arms and legs. Classy. I knew that for some reason. And then tries to get her to fall in love with him. It is pretty fun. Pretty fun. Uh, This next one, these last two are definitely probably top of the list here. Number seven, Frailty. Fuck, yes, dude. Matthew McConaughey. Man, McConaughey. this is a good movie. That one flies under the radar. Like, you'll just be chit-chatting with people, and then they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? But the people that are like, fuck yeah, I love Frailty, I was like, we're part of a special club. Dude, right? it is. It is one of those horror movies that flies under the radar. Absolutely. It is so good with, like, digging the graves and, like, the way it starts out with fucking... Like showing up the FBI or whatever, and like explaining to him, like, "Oh, I think my brother's a serial killer." I think my favorite character in that movie is the giant mouse. <laughs> <laughs> that one's good. I think that one uh, is like right up there with Jacob's Ladder as another one that flies under the radar, but is an exceptional movie overall. Tim Robbins, yeah, yeah. Just... I heard we're getting ready to remake that, or they remade that, and I think that falls into the "don't fucking touch it" category. Jacob's Ladder or Frailty? Yeah. Really? That's pretty just... It's not only a product of his time, but uh, that's a good damn movie. You can't really have somebody... Because he's having Vietnam flashbacks. Like, you can't really do that now. Like, what, are they going to have, like, fucking, like, Gulf War Syndrome? Like, it just doesn't make sense. You know what? Uh, that's... They rip it off in, like, every fucking movie and every tool video. That head thing, like, the... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. And then, of course, uh, last on this list, as Coconut Pete in one of the best movies of all time, Club Fucking Dread... Now that Eddie one I've seen, seen that one. <laughs> <laughs> you think Eddie Money has to put up with this shit? <laughs> I love that. Do you know Margaritaville? <laughs> I think you mean Pina Colada <laughs> And I was that boy. <laughs> You're an asshole, puppet. Yeah, such a great Pina movie. Such a great 
horror comedy. It's it's so underrated. It is, well, and I re- I remember it being like very despised because it wasn't Super Troopers. Yeah, you know, as being the follow up film from from Club uh, from from, uh, from uh, Broken, Lizard. Broken Lizard. This was very much despised. I really liked it. I thought the fucking humor was spot on. I thought that that your uh, that your hero was was Big Fat Farva, which I just thought was you know hilarious because that's not, you know it's not usually your hero type, so they're going against the, the standards. That's right. There. His name is like Lars Ulchman or something. It's like because he's yeah. Plus, it starts off with like two chicks like showing off their titties. It's great. It's got it's everything like, you want oh, from a horror movie. We swapped out the six two Swedish broad for this guy. Cool tits, <laughs> gore, <laughs> and uh, you know not having a pee pee. So good, yeah. I like it. I like it. Uh, Marshall, how about you? You said you, you said you've heard of it. Are you a fan of Club Dread or no? Yeah, no, I am. I I, I was. Um, I can understand. I I can get why the masses would have hated because I guess people just expected to be a Super Troopers, you know, s type more comedy. But um, I liked it. I, I thought because I I guess I knew what was going to be going. It was going to be comedy horror, and but uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. It was kind of cool to see. Yeah. Um, Big fat Far, uh, Officer Farva or whatever his name was uh, in the movie. To, to actually, he turned out to be the hero. Run um, for I, I know. I enjoyed it. Uh, I think I actually owned it. I remember going. I think I went out and bought it too because uh, at, at the time. So it was good. So right. ending on that note, what would you say is the best Broken Lizard movie? Do you think it's uh, Super Troopers, Club Dread, Beer Fest, uh, Slam and Salmon, uh, Super Troopers 2? Uh, well, I'll be honest. I haven't seen Super Troopers two. I haven't oh, gotten around to that one. Man, that's fun. Really good. Is it? Because I was like, ah, it could be worth it. It might not be. I, I don't know. Even if you don't like uh, it as much as the first one, it is still worth it. Yeah, it's it's not as good as the first one, but it's like right behind it. Okay. Slam and Salmon's pretty good, but have you guys seen Puddle Cruisers? Oh fuck, Puddle Cruisers! That's their, is that their first movie ever? Right. That's yeah. their first movie. That was like their college movie. I've only seen that once. I used to own it. I've seen it like five times. There's a reason I've seen that movie once. <laughs> I, I could say I wasn't necessarily a fan. But honestly, my favorite is probably Beer Fest. Beer Fest is legit. Beer Fest was good. I think my favorite, to answer the question, I don't know, probably... Probably the original, the Super Troopers. I think that, that was the first one that kind of put them on the map, and it was good in kind of, in all aspects. Um, Beer Fest was good, but I don't know. I, I'd probably go with Super Troopers if I had to pick one to watch again right off the bat. I would have to go with Club Dread on this one. Not that I don't love Super Troopers. It's a close second, but with Club Dread, uh, you get you get your ha-has, and you get your oh-shit moments uh, for, you know, for your horror movie. It's, sometimes it's more horror than comedy. Sometimes it's more comedy than horror. But like, like the one dude always calling her Penelope and how they got to, you know, pucker their butthole and they jump off the cliff so the fucking guys yeah. don't go through their fucking mouths and shit. I fucking lose it every time with that stuff. It just, but it makes like, me laugh. That girl and comes, it's got such good scenes. The girl comes up and goes, oh, my asshole. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to go with Super Troopers. I'm Team Marshall on this one because I first time I saw the movie, my buddy worked at a movie theater. Uh, and uh, <laughs> so after hours and he's like, yeah, we'll watch this. And like, we were passing bongs around and fucking bottles and shit in the theater. It was fucking probably the best movie experience. It's just, yeah, I think that's one reason I do too. Cause my experience watching super troopers 
was memorable, maybe more so than the movie itself. So I kind of, maybe that's a little biased. But I do agree with uh, with uh, Cincinnati Jeff there that Club Dread would probably be like one A or you know two or you know very very close. It's not number two. It's like one A and one B type scenario um, with Super Troopers. I just when I first saw Super Troopers, I was high and I laughed my ass off. Then I had to rewatch it later on in that day to make sure that I wasn't laughing just because I was high. Because I liked it so much, and then I, of course, did keep laughing. So it was a treat, but man, Club Dread, just, that's some solid yeah. stuff. If you told me in a million years I'm going to watch Friday the 13th part of Cheeseburger in Paradise, I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Is someone dragging a, a mailbag down the stairs? Yeah, somebody beating up a washer? What was that? <laughs> nah, I don't oh, know. Could... It could have been me. <laughs> you wearing concrete shoes there, buddy? Yeah, they're much lighter than my lead ones. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, next time try running. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, sorry, so let's get started. So um, when, where was the first time you've seen this movie? Uh, so, um, you know, we always start with the guests first. So Marshall, since this is your first time, we want you to go. And then Aaron, then Nachos, then myself. So uh, Marshall, when was the first time, when or where did you see this movie? <laughs> First time I saw Never Act Alone was probably a lot later than I should have. Uh, I heard about it a long time ago. Never got around to watch it. I, I, part of it was I was under the impression that it was a found footage movie. Mm-hmm. And that I was like, oh, fuck no. I, you can't do Jason with found footage. This is going to be shit. I'm not going to watch it. Uh, and then I was like, fuck it. I'll give it a chance. And, um, so I finally watched it probably about a month ago, I think was probably the first time I actually watched it. And then I watched it again. Uh, I watched it again this afternoon for the kind of brush up on it for, for, for this. So, but about but so a month ago was the first time I watched it and I watched it. It was just in my house, you know, on uh YouTube. Right on. Aaron. I'd say it was about, uh, Eight months ago to a year ago, first time I watched it, um, and it was just the the buzz in the horror community talking about how this was a legit uh, fan film, and I was like, it's on YouTube, it's free, sure, check it out, and I enjoyed it, <laughs> so I watched it two more times, uh, I think I watched <laughs> it twice in a row, uh, then I watched a documentary about it, so I'm a big fan of this film. Nachos. So I was working at Riverport at the time. We were working some show until like fucking two in the morning kind of thing. And we went back to uh, Elena's house and uh, I had this fucking terrible nosebleed. And I'm just like, just fucking blood's coming out of my face. And I'm drinking and I'm watching this at like four in the morning. Her fucking roommate comes in. I just turn around. I look like Braveheart, but it's not blue. It's just like blood all over my fucking face. And she's just like, what the fuck? I'm like, you got to watch this movie. She goes, no, dude, I just probably need to go to bed. You're scaring me. <laughs> so that was the first time I watched it. And then I watched it again and again and again and again. And I bought the fucking Blu-ray. And you, yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't shut up the week this came out. And that's, you know why. that's when I saw it. Because we had just gotten back from Kansas City uh, the day it came right. out. And then... You just would not leave me alone about it. I was like, all right, I'm going to check this out. And I remember uh, starting it uh, while pooping. It's where I watch most of my YouTube videos. 
And that's where the classic It's Two Poops Long comes from. Uh, well, no. So I actually like paused it like five minutes in and was like, you know what? This deserves the big screen treatment. So <laughs> I'm going to watch some reruns of uh, um, uh, Angry Video Game Nerd. And then after I'm done and uh, tidy up, I'm going to go watch this in the living room. And I did. And it was worth it. And I watched it again and again. And I remember uh, uh, we watched it uh, at uh, Horror Hound one weekend because we had seen right. a ghost Jason and we're like, we should fucking watch that movie. That is a really convincing ghost Jason. And it's just, Wonder it's why. never been, it's just, I, I just watch it all the time. I really like it. Uh, this movie is not in any way, shape or form on our video nasty list. It's not one of our hello nasties. Um, <laughs> directed by Vinny Vincent Vincente DeSanti. Um, uh, who is the director of several of his own uh, indie horror films, which you can definitely check out, and we're going to talk about a couple here coming up. So let's meet our casualties. It's not a super big list, and unique to this movie and this movie alone so far on Here Comes the Spooky, uh, most of these are indie film actors and actresses uh, who haven't been in anything major uh, studio-wise that pe many people have probably seen. So I do have a couple of things, anecdotes for each person here. Uh, of course, there is a surprise at the end. Uh, which I, of course, will uh, have to ruin. In, uh, but the first time you watch this movie and you see this person, damn, was that cool. So up uh, for our first is Andrew Lighty. He plays Kyle McLeod. Uh, of course, he's got a few credits under him. One thing that I actually have seen this gentleman in, uh, he was in an episode of Submission, which was on Showtime. Uh, yeah, what's this, this is a BDSM uh, oh. style uh, like show. It's about BDSM. Um, I, I remember coming out around the same time as like uh, 40 Shades of Grey or 50 Shades of Grey or the fuck that movie's called or book. Yeah, yeah. And my wife was really into it, so we had Showtime, Whoa. so she checked this out. She was into the movie, not BDSM. She's mm -hmm. yeah. very... Uh, uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> yeah. Likely story. She's... No, there's no. I don't even know how to... I'm not even going to go into it, but no. And we're um, back. <laughs> but uh, I did see him in one of those episodes. I mean, it's a show about sex. I'm going to sit and watch it whether I'm interested or not. His boobies. I'll uh, put my dick in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> Next up is uh, Vincent DeSanti, who plays Ghost Jason Voorhees. Uh, he was also the shape in The Spirit of Haddonfield, which is another fan film. It's a, it's a Halloween fan film, and it's, it's, it's pretty damn good as well. He's excellent as, as Michael Myers. I would say that this is a better fan film. Not to, not to you know, poke fun at that one, but I mean, this just... Checks all boxes, but he is pretty good in there. He was also the director of Red Room, which is, I believe, his first directorial debut. Uh, one of the actresses that is in this movie was in Red Room. That's very fun, about two girls who basically get a B&B, &B, an Airbnb, and uh, t it turns out that there's, like, ghosts of, like, demons in it. Uh, he also directed a short film called Imagine. This thing, and you can watch most of these movies on his uh, Womp Stomp Films website. Uh, Imagine is a very short film about a little boy who plays with his toys and like the horrors that they have to go through. So it's like a fucking uh, evil toy like, story, like living with Sid. Exactly. Oh wow! <laughs> uh, and then he directed Disappear, which is a music video, but it's a music video set to the Never Hike Alone franchise. So you see Ghost Jason chopping up a couple hikers who go take a swim in the lake. Then of course he directs and acts in the Never Hike series, which includes this movie as well as the prequel Never Hike in the Snow, uh, Never Hike Alone 2, 3. Like, there's there's several that are coming up. 
Wait, this is a series now? I'm sorry to interrupt, but this has become a series? This is going yeah. to be a series. So he's already funded and filmed Never Hike in the Snow. It's going to be uh, debuted and distributed here. What did he say, Nachos? Uh, late late summer? Uh, it got pushed back uh, in the spring. So is this going to be Jason in like a snow parka like in the Alps scheme? Or is this going to be like... <laughs> This, this is going to now is so this, off like the you know, Abomino Snowman. Like, what? How is this going to be a series? I don't see. The, I just so don't understand how it becomes. He's a got some some bitchin' skis. It's going to be really cool. So I don't <laughs> know. Uh, uh, he wouldn't obviously reveal too much about the uh, series itself. To, you know, to avoid spoilers. Uh, Never mm, Hike right. in the Snow is a prequel set in the winter at Camp Crystal Lake. It's set before Never Hike Alone. So this is not Kyle. It's a different protagonist. Uh, then you then you go forward with Never Hike Alone two and Never Hike Alone three, uh, which uh, along with Never Hike Alone as well as Disappear, you get six movies total in the series. Um, oh, oh, sorry. I'm, then uh, there's part four as well. Um, but I was uh, gonna say, I I, I, count, I don't count these as their own standalone things. I'm like all part of a puzzle. That's how I see it. And his 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 the way he's doing this is they are direct continuations of themselves. So they all lead into the next movie. Nice. With a distinct ending that he has in mind for how he's going to finish it. So I am actually very excited for as well as the first one was. Uh, yeah. Next up yeah, is I agree. Katie Schwartz, who plays uh, Denny Morgan. She was in the Red Room, also, as I said, directed by Vincent. And she was also in an indie horror movie called Hide in the Light which I believe you can see on Amazon Prime. This is kind of, uh, it's similar to The Vanishing on 7th Street. You've ever seen that with John Leguizamo? Basically, there's a, they get locked in like a haunted orphanage and, you know, there's nowhere to go and this little girl's starting to torment them, but she can't, like, demonize them unless they're, unless they're in the dark. It's pretty cool. Hmm, that sounds all right, actually. I, I give that a shot. Last two, uh, Robert Dubois. I'm hopefully saying that right. Du Bois, Du Bois plays du Axel Ma Axel McCauley. He was also in the Red Room, uh, and then uh, I haven't seen this, but it came up in his IMDb list, and I want to see it. But I tried to find it. It's some sort of indie short movie called Captured Young American Tourist, spelling bee of death. And the plot of this is there are oh, five Americans touring in Europe who have been captured. Instead of like having a hostile situation or sold into sex slavery. They are put on a spelling bee, and if you get a word wrong, you die. <laughs> and I'm like, like, I want to see this. It's apparently a comedy. I'm like, I fucking want to see this movie. I'll drink like it. To I'll drink to that. That sounds great. Yeah, it that's... sounds like a bad words hospital hybrid. Because <laughs> you gotta like, you're standing there like th I'm, I'm imagining it like uh, the weakest link kind of thing, and you're standing up on stage with a you know with a, essentially suspended above a hole. And uh, you get the word wrong, and you're, like, dropped into a meat grinder and, like, a pit of sharks. And so you're, like, uh, the word is allidocious. And, you know, your Ooh. buddy's, like, ooh, R, Z, P, Q, double M. <laughs> Just, like, trying to fuck with you so that you die and not him. Dude, Marshall and I would die instantly. <laughs> We're both notoriously right bad spellers. I'm terrible at spelling. I've got a little bit better, but, yeah, I might not have a – I might not – Fair too well on that. You would think writing these scripts would improve for me. I'm 22 no in. Shit. I write reports for work when I do work, and uh, it hasn't improved it at all. I always hate it when I try to rely on my spell check, but my spell check doesn't recognize what kind of word I'm trying to say. Oh, yeah. Those are the worst yeah. in return emails, and you're like, what the fuck? Why would spell check let that through? And what is my problem? 
Uh, and then last up, this is a spoiler reveal. I apologize, but motherfucking Tom Matthews, who plays <laughs> Tommy Jarvis. He played the original Tommy Jarvis in Friday the 13th Part VII. Uh, and he's also in Return of the Living Dead and Return of the Living Dead 2. Uh, Are you talking yeah. about VI, Tommy Jarvis? Part 6. VI. Oh, did oh. I say, I said VI. Yeah, I, was I, I got ahead of myself. Was V-I-I. Yeah. You just got Roman numeral ombre. My bad. VI, Part 6. Yes, I have, I have Part 6 written down, but apparently not only can I not spell, I can't read or count. Good for me. <laughs> God, especially when you get into Roman numerals, it's spelling and counting at the same time. It's right? like it's like OG algebra. Fuck that. And I should know that. I've seen The Simpsons, right? Bart gets trapped in the lion's cage. And says, yes. Rocky 2 plus Rocky 5 equals Rocky 7. Adrian's Revenge. <laughs> uh, so I apologize. Right drink here, man. Fuck. So it's Friday the 13th part VI. Uh, and then, of course, Return of the Living Dead and Return of the Living Dead part 2. But he does play two separate characters in those movies. Yeah, it's kind of weird, but it's fun. Was it like Mark and Todd or something like that? Um, it's slunchy and bungus. Sure, why not? Uh, this movie released October thirteenth, twenty seventeen. There was uh, a significant amount of horror movies released at this in the same time this year, and this is the, one of the reasons that we do this little segment here, and I love it because we can actually put this movie up to some of the quote unquote big boys. Uh, it was released in the same year as well with Get Out. Uh, the remake of It, Part 1, Jigsaw, The Ritual, Tom Cruise's The Mummy, The Babysitter. That was Jeep, okay. Jeeper, Jeepers Creepers 3. I'll have none of that kid fucking director's bullshit. The Bye-Bye Man, Annabelle Creation, Rings, Leatherface, Oof. It Comes at Night, and Cult of Chucky. Those are some heavy hitters. I mean, there are some big ones in there. There's actually, you know, some half franchises, uh, of course, with Jeepers Creepers and things like that. Rings, Leatherface, which is like a prequel to yeah. all of the Chainsaw movies. But I would say that this movie uh, holds its own with some of these bigger ones, these bigger names, and then beats out several. Uh, the Mummy sucked. Rings, no good. Annabelle Creation sucked. Leatherface was terrible. The Rings is why we didn't get a new Friday the 13th. Yeah. Get Out was fantastic. I'm not a yeah, fan of Jigsaw. It's rinse, wash, repeat. That's the same shit. I enjoyed Cult of Chucky. Uh, I, I That was really fun. I understand, uh, according to uh, Marshall, that it is confusing if you see these movies out of order. So you're not sure <laughs> why there's so many Chuckies all of a sudden. But uh, I, I just think this movie definitely holds it up with some of the big boys in there. I mean, there's, of course, some, some standouts that definitely beat it, like Get Out for sure. The Babysitter, uh, it was really good. It's fun. You guys ever seen that, The Babysitter? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that, that is pretty that, good. That is damn good. So, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, how to watch. There are uh, currently two ways to watch this movie. It's free on YouTube on the Womp Stomp Films channel. Uh, you can watch the movie in its entirety, uh, all the way in HD. It's great, great um, uh, streaming version of the movie. Uh, that's the first time, that's how most of us watch it, the first time I saw it. And then limited Blu-ray releases. Uh, every so often, the Womp Stomp Studio will release uh, printings of a Blu-ray copy, which you can get, which also include documentaries, uh, interviews, uh, commentaries. It has subtitles, which I'm a big, big fan of. 
uh, when yes. watching these movies, especially for review purposes. Fucking subtitles. So I put it in and I was like, I hope this works. Subtitles. Such a fan of it. Um, so I know the first pressing of that movie is already sold out. Nachos and I bought the second one. That is also sold out. I think he does these in like 1,500 uh, runs or 1,500. I think that was the name runs. of the I'm so pissed off I didn't get the first edition because the case is blood red and it's yes. different artwork. It looks and I good. fucked up, you know, with the whole losing my jobs and the end of the world kind of thing. I forgot to keep up on ever hiking this snow. So, like, it already launched and, like, I can't get any T-shirts or, like, the first wave Blu-ray. Well, we'll get the second one for sure. I'm sure we could talk to a guy. Maybe. Right. <laughs> um, so, and he does, he does print these um, enough to cover his costs. That's how he gets around this. Is, uh, he doesn't make any money off of it. The, the, the sellings of the Blu-rays cover his cost and his fees to print them and sell them strictly for the fans. He goes through the trouble just for them. He makes no money off of it because he couldn't, because he doesn't own the rights to this franchise. Um, and then I know that he's either done or doing a third pressing, and the same goes for all his other stuff. Like Never Hike in the Snow is going to get a second pressing. I think he said he was going to, um, as far as Never Hike Alone, call it after the third pressing. Is but he- I'm sure if enough people piss and moan, sure. you know. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I think you're like uh, playing with fire if you're printing too much and trying, you know, it's it's a delicate balance, you know, because all of a sudden if you make 500 bucks off of it and you're just like, well, I I covered the cost and now I just have this extra money, it, it can be a slippery slope. Right. The last thing you want is like Paramount barking up your ass and New Line screaming down your throat. You know? I, I know he said because we asked him. Uh, like, how do you feel about seeing your movie on eBay, you know, for going for hundreds of dollars, like the first pressing, the second pressing? <laughs> oh, I remember this. And he's yeah. like, it's cool, but then I'm sad because I want everybody to have it. And uh, I'm like, yeah, but that's got to be fucking, that's got to be like a neat feeling, you know, to see that out there and fucking people try, trying and paying that much for it. Uh, so, you guys ready to horse around with some maniacs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's horse around with some maniacs. All right. Uh, so our film starts as someone is driving on the highway through the wooded mountains of Wessex County, New Jersey, before pulling off on a side road and parking their Jeep. Kyle McLeod then introduces himself into this GoPro-style camera as he speaks to his YouTube fans or something similar, uh, as we are just experiencing that he's some sort of internet star. <clears throat> and we learn that he is a professional hiker. He explains that he is going on a 40-mile hike up the mountains and around a lake before coming back down, and he mentions that this trek is not for noobs. Looking at you, Hiker Man 5000. I got a fun tidbit about <laughs> Hiker Man 5000. I'll wait till the end unless you want me to get it out of the way. Hey, uh, right after this, and he says that this is for experienced hikers only. He uh, opens up his hiking tour guide uh, book uh, and just kind of goes over with everybody about the map and the situation that he's going to put himself in. So grabbing his gear, we get a nice montage of Kyle running through the woods and off to his first destination. Uh, Is anybody else smitten with Kyle? Because right off the bat, he's talking right in the camera, looking right in my I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm getting lost in those dreamy eyes. This this, guy can do anything to me. He is sexy as hell. This Adonis, this Cadillac of men, (laughs) is just... And I'm going to tell you right now that the director is no fucking uh, schlub himself. We, when we did our first interview, or our only interview with him, uh, he thought we were going to do it uh, with, with cameras. And uh, I told him, I was like, you know what? It would, it would do better for our ego if we weren't seen side by side with you. <laughs> right? 
Which is uh, definitely why we've never reached out to uh, Drew about interviewing him. I was going to say, uh, Kyle looks like if, you know, like you did a double take at Thor for a minute. You're like, what, what, what? <laughs> you know, right? So, Nachos, you got something about Hiker Man 5000? I'll save it at the end. I'm going to save that for trivia. Okay. Uh, so this this whole montage is super fucking fun. And it's it's great because it's it's playful and it's even a little cheesy. Uh, but, like, you get the feeling at this point, and I did the same thing watching this movie the first time. Like, I thought I was actually watching a real YouTube channel for a second. Because you get, like, jumps and, like, runs. He rolls down a hillside and even, like, drops the fucking camera in the creek. And he's like, oh, I almost lost you guys for a second. I like how dude almost leaves the fucking keys in the ignition there for a minute. <laughs> yeah, I did like that. I did like that. And like, I, He almost pulls a dipshit there. It, and, and, this, and, this whole... Oh, go, go ahead. ahead, go ahead. No, you, you do it. Oh, all right. This whole montage reminds me of, like, do you remember in It's Always Sunny how, like, Mac has Project Badass and it's him, like, filming him doing all this stupid shit, like, jumping off of buildings and lighting himself up with fireworks and shit? That's what it reminded me of. It's really good. I, and when I say cheesy, I mean it in, like, the best sense. Like, it's cheesy, like, staged as if a YouTube channel person would stage this kind of shit. Uh, it's pretty cool. And it's intermittently cut with... Other angles that aren't from his GoPro camera, which lets you know that this isn't just a found footage movie. Yeah, and that's where, first I want to say, I thought the key thing was going to come back later. I really thought that was going to be, like, there would be a callback to that. Um, but, yeah, when it opened with the found footage, that's why I was so worried. Like, it opened with the found footage. I'm like, oh, God, no, no, not this. But then love, it love starts Marshall. going in and out. I'm like, okay, all right, now I'm on board. It's not all found footage. I can handle this. Now, now I'm in for the ride. Now I can, Now I'm good. I'm good to go. So as Kyle states in his video uh, that he's now reached his first spot, his first destination, uh, and the sun is setting. So Kyle decides that this is a good spot to set up camp for the night. Later on uh, in, the, in the night, while Kyle is in his tent and he's working on a video to discuss a piece of gear, which is... <laughs> Three-piece collapsible shovel by uh, landing it. It's the Landon Industries three-piece collapsible shovel. I actually have the notes here. Um, it is essential to any hiker. Mm -hmm. it, uh, it is also uh, easy to assemble, amazingly strong, and a multi-purpose tool. And a piece of shit. <laughs> you know the story I will say, that? though, I, I did kind of look at that, and it kind of did bring back some of my, uh, like, the military days. Because, you know, the military version is basically a military uh, utility tool, uh, multi-purpose tool. Uh, only it looked a little chinkier than a military one. But, um, yeah, those things, are, they're pretty fucking awesome, man. I got to say, they are, they are, the amount of use you can get out of those things is incredible. So, yeah, I, it's good to have one if you get one. <laughs> but I do like how he's like, this is a piece of shit. How am I supposed to use this? Yeah. He's got his cue cards. You know, he's he's doing this just for the sponsorship. I just thought that was all really fun. And again, I, that I just... Too. I like that a lot because I'm sure if we had sponsors... <laughs> what are we'd sponsors? We'd be ourselves out as well. Get at us, Landon Industries. We'll dig some holes. Sponsors, are those, like, are those the guys at the AA meetings or what's up? Yeah, there's a different kind of sponsor, but yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, and this... This scene alone uh, just cements more than to remind me that I'm watching somebody actually on YouTube and forgetting that I'm I'm watching uh, a horror movie because at this point nothing scary has happened. It's just beautiful Kyle uh, doing beautiful Kyle things. So, I have missed Nature Boy in my notes. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so, uh, as uh, Kyle ruins uh, the sponsorship video by forgetting his lines, uh, he then tries to restart it, but gets interrupted by a pack of coyotes that are howling before deciding that it's best to turn off the lights and just chill while all this is going on. As Kyle, I, I'm sorry to interrupt again, but I just I do want to say um, when he did that, the uh, he starts his video, his introduction or whatever, and he fucks it up and like try to start over. I could sympathize. Like it just. I've done that so many times on our podcast, try, trying to do the intro, and I have it written down. I think I got, and I, I like fuck, and I just gotta start over, edit, delete that, start again, and I just I sympathize with that, and I got a chuckle out of it. Aaron, <laughs> Aaron, what did I tell you right before we we got a hold of the other guys? That you recorded your opening like five or six times today. Yes, I kept fucking it up. Like I wrote it, I'm the only one here, and I somehow couldn't get it right. Dude, even when I'm there, we fuck it up at least ten times. Or like, that's usually your face. Fault. Fuck your face. Uh, <laughs> normally, it'll be like I'll say in wet pajamas when I should have said wet pajamas, and it's just like I hate it. It's the worst thing ever. Uh, that's all why. Right. That's why you get all the lines about being up close and personal with peepees. Yeah, because I write them. Because I know all you're right. gonna. I know you're gonna get that one right. <clears throat> you write what you know, right? You write what you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, All right, do you think Jason was fighting those coyotes? Do you think that's what was going on? They were scrapping or something? Uh, no, because you definitely hear Kyle. Uh, he listens in as the coyotes are on the hunt, and we get like our first good jump scare when one of them like kills something very near his tent, and you hear like teeth grinding and like something being ripped into. I don't think it's Jason doing it. I, I definitely because there's no like it. You know, it's it's the other way around. The whimper. It's, yeah, it's yeah. very aggressive. No, it was Jason got the Tanuki suit, and he was out there on all fours fucking gnawing on animals. That's what was up. Dancing with wolves? That's right. <laughs> uh, so, while all this is going on, our man Kyle decides that it's just bed to shut the fuck up and go to sleep and start back up fresh tomorrow. In the AM, Kyle is starting his day by brushing his teeth and probably getting some sort of disease from the nearby stream. Giardia. Right? <laughs> As he remarks to his fans uh, that he found an old trail marker while getting ready, but it is not marked anywhere on his guidebook. But he says that this is just more of a reason to go and check it out. And he wants to see where it's going, and hopefully it leads him to the lake that he is searching for before packing up camp and then heading straight out. So he's like, hey, that's that's not supposed to be there. I hope that's going the right direction. Fuck it. Always a good idea, right? Right, exactly. Going off script. So while heading down his new trail, Kyle comes across a no trespassing sign across a barb uh, sorry a wire barricade and remarks I thought it was barbed wire man it might be you know it's just I mean it's a big subtle pieces of wire yeah. the, sorry go the ahead sign up and he remarks to his viewers that the land beyond this particular trail was apparently donated to a nature preserve but the guidebook does not state why so let me jump in here real quick uh, not to derail you. So, like, do you think the Christies did that? They just donated the uh, the land around the lake kind of thing? I would assume so. I just, the way I pictured it is, like, Steve Christie wasn't the last of the Christies. There probably has to be some sort of... I feel Steve Christie was the child and there were older Christies. Or, like, there were uh, there was a clan of elder Christies, kind of like the Predators. And right, come cousins or something. Hummers. No? Okay. Are you guys sure it's not Chris Christie, former governor of New Jersey? Could be. Sure, oh my God. I, like, I like this I, this alternative universe now where Chris Christie's family owns Cram Crystal Lake Grounds. 
<laughs> and, I mean, and his political cover-up, like he's trying to—I don't know. I, I like where this is going. <laughs> oh, Bridgegate was Jason Voorhees' fault. <laughs> yeah. oh, dude, and they send like, Chris Christie has Jason on his payroll. He's paying him under the table or something like that. <laughs> Just hacking Democrats down. <laughs> it's like in Halloween Six when they're talking about Michael Myers being on the CIA payroll. So I mean, <laughs> see, I could even take it one further when he's up in Vancouver. He actually heads over to where they're filming uh, WWF, and he distracts Bret Hart, which causes the Montreal screw job. Whoa, 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 whoa! I gotta whoa. drink more. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so he, uh, so back, back to the movie. Kyle uh, also remarks that he obviously uh, that they obviously did not want people on the on the other side of this uh, border and on this side of the lake. And as he looks away, we get our first glimpse of the ghost Jason as he steps into the background over Kyle's shoulder, uh, a little bit blurred out of screen. But Kyle doesn't see him and continues on with his monologue and recording his video. And he says, fuck the sign, and decides that he's going to cut through. Uh, anyway, as we get a, another jump scare as Jason steps right behind Kyle, and this is when he notices something, and as he stands up and, like, quickly fucking Billy the Kid's a knife out of fucking nowhere, like, ready to fucking cut a guy. No. It was in his hair. No he one went to like there. comb his hair and whoop. <laughs> um, as Kyle cuts through the woods, he makes it to the southern point of the lake, which he was looking for initially, and decides this is a good spot to set up camp while gathering. Oh, I'm so, I, I, what do you guys think of that? What's your opinion? Like we talked about the okay, the second jump scare there or whatever, where um, you know he's doing recording. We see Jason basically like standing like right like two feet behind the guy. And then he turns and says, Jason's gone. Now, I know in a lot of other movies, we always see, you know, the Jason teleporting, turn around, he's not gone. But he's a little, not that close. Like, did anybody else have, like, a little issue with him, like, that being, like, a little too close to, to be believable, that he that he would just disappear without I, being seen? I do agree, uh, because, like, after Kyle looks away, and then, like, Jason isn't there, and he starts to head down, Jason then steps back into view of the camera. It's mostly just his legs at this point. So it's like, how did Kyle not know he was there? It could be yeah, a I, haunting I, 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 or something, but it's a good yeah, like scare. The first one, like, okay, he's further back away from the camera. He could duck behind bushes. He, okay, I, I can buy that. I believe it, whatever. But that second one where he's, like, literally, like, within arm's reach of the guy, and he turns around, he's suddenly knocked there. I'm like, come, that's a bit, I'm like, come on. Don't be, yeah, that's, what, that was kind of lame. What helped me get through this? I mean, not didn't help me, you know, because a very enjoyable movie. What rules I apply to this, and I do several times throughout the duration of the film, Friday the 13th video game logic. He was in stealth mode. He teleported around him. There you go. <laughs> okay, okay, if we're going by, or I mean, he has ghosted, or is Jason actually literally supposed to be a ghost now and manifest when only he wants to be seen? Like, if that's the case, then that's a whole other bag of worms. You can go into that and, like, you know, but I don't know. I was just, I'm getting off topic. I, I'm sorry. He wants to move on. <laughs> hey, guys, much... I only have so many beers. I'm like rifling through them here. I know. That's the same thing. I only grab so many beers for this. <laughs> you can always, you can always grab more. Uh, I would love to hear Aaron's fucking brick feet going down those steps again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Did you try to do the worm down the steps? What was that? <laughs> he tucked and rolled. He's like an old house, goddammit. Sonic the Hedgehog out. Old house, heavy feet. 
Uh, so, all right. So while gathering firewood for his uh, next night out in the woods, uh, Kyle trips on an old wooden sign. And well, what's each wood with? His multi-tooled fucking Landon Industries shovel. That's right. Where's our sponsorship? I say, if we say that three more times. So after clearing the sign of leaves and debris, he sees that this is, in fact, a sign for Camp Crystal Lake. Dope. Right? And this is cool. And it's it's very much a different version of the sign. It's made out of, like, sticks that have been nailed to a board. But it's huge and very much like the welcome, like a welcoming type sign. So it's really cool. Would you say he starts playing uh, Detective Snoopy tits and starts walking around like a trespassing Terry? <laughs> is that a Mrs. Claus? Uh, That's a callback right okay. there. Uh, so then Kyle begins to film himself <laughs> and remarks that he is going to the camp, uh, going to look for the camp itself uh, for a closer look, and so he does. While walking around the abandoned camp, Kyle sees that it is in complete disarray with crime scene tape on many of the building's entrances and windows. And while checking out one building in particular, he comes across a box that has an old Camp Crystal Lake uh, game book, as well as an old Playboy. And if you look at 16 minutes and 35 seconds, we get our boobies. Actually, I did like how they I did like how they edited got in the, the boob shot from this movie. That it was you get your boobs in the horror movie. That was well done. <laughs> so there's a. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you know the games you play. Um, one, so like one of the pages was highlighted in red ink. It was called uh, "Let the Cook's Lumpy Kid Drown." <laughs> they, they were playing that game. Wait, what wondering. is that real? I, I was wondering about that, but is that real? <laughs> oh, I mean, the book was. I'm just being an asshole, Marshall. Oh, okay. I saw the book. I was like, did you like pause it on the screen and read something I missed? I was like, you can't I was be like, serious. I was like, enhance. Uh, Nachos <laughs> always has extra stuff because he watches the European cut of most of these movies. I wanted to address this topic with you guys real quick. So we know Pam goes batshit and kills the teenagers that let Jason drown. But why didn't she go after, like, the shitty kids as well? You know, the other shitty kids that, like, pushed them in the lake. Or do you think that's, like, retconned in Freddy vs. Jason, that there were terrible kids? Uh, you know, I, I think don't it was retconned. I don't know. I'd say retconned. That's a weird timeline. See, now, that's again, that's getting the weird, which timeline's canon and what's not. Anymore. I don't know. Um, I thought maybe Pam was, you know, she her kid drowned. And, you know, it, she wasn't, she was going to take her revenge on the, I guess, the older, quote unquote, legally legal adult, you know, they're kids, but they're, you know, assuming they're all 18-ish kids instead of, like, young kids. Like, she's not a kid murderer. She's going to kill the older one. I don't know. That's what I always thought. She has murder standards. She yeah. She kills 18 and up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right, it's like buying cigarettes. She doesn't want moms to feel the pain that she has felt. All right, here's a little food for thought. What if... Oh, hold up. Sorry, somebody tried to call me. Uh, what if Mrs. Voorhees was actually doing the nasty? What if she was taking some Christy cock on the cob in the fucking, you know, <laughs> the, in the fucking uh, dining room, not dining room, the kitchen? And then, she, anyway, whatever. I got way fucked off topic. Here is said, maybe she was having a little fun to the, 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 the opposite end, the spatula or something, all alone in the kitchen. She's, you got uh, it. Have you thought about this, Nachos? Shutting the it. fuck up and letting me get back to work? Work. 
I'm kidding. Uh, do you have anything else? All right, Dad. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Further, in, further into this building, uh, Kyle then begins to see uh, something that's actually really cool. These old crime scene tags uh, that are marked, like handwritten, just like pieces of ribbon that have like numbers on them for each individual scene uh, that are... Uh, near dried pools of blood and just all kinds of just basically what looks like some sort of uh, doing Mercer inspired. Yes. Yeah, uh, I like that. Area. I thought that was really cool. I thought and, that was a nice touch. And it is an old. It is in fact an old path of carnage from the original 1980 murders that took place here at the camp. I do I go into ask it detail. About that what were did they match up with the kills from the original? Movie? I, I have this the corresponding ones. I do. So as that well. was marker. That was marker number six. That was when uh, Marthy or Marcy got the fucking axe to the face in the um, the shower house. Yes, that is correct. Uh, uh, do you also have these? Uh, so I do. I have some in the trivia section. Uh, but okay. you, you feel free to call them out during here. Go right ahead. Then we'll go over yeah, again. Yeah. Um, so as he's walking through the path here, he makes his way into a large game hall, and while literally poking around in the fireplace. Kyle is frightened by a dead raccoon or a dead possum that fucking falls. I think it was a possum. And then again, has to use his multi-tool to dispose of the corpse. I think it was awesome for the first time in Camp Crystal Lake. We actually get to see some form of a main cabin, like, you know, a meeting hall. Like a a game room or a head cabin kind of area? Yeah, yeah. Well, the big cabin, I assume, was kind of, was either, it was probably either the cafeteria, because that's normally the biggest building, which also doubles as, like, your meeting hall, where they have, everybody assembles and together for, like, morning meetings, or, you know, any stuff like that, and then in the back would have been the kitchen, where Pamela would have been. As you see in many of the uh, sleepaway sleepaway camp. Exactly. Yes, yeah, exactly, sleepaway camps, yes. And the burning, the the burning has one as well. When Ronnie's got his fucking leg hiked up on the table doing the power stance. His fucking, fucking big juicy hog bulge. is just hanging out there. And a kid runs into it again. <laughs> it's the same kid. He goes, I knew what I was doing the first time, but the second time was an accident. You know what? I'd pay money to fucking go at least two episodes about talking about Ronnie's dick. Well, it's it's the <laughs> pandemic. The <laughs> pandemic thinks about some Jersey bulge. It's the dick-demic. So- <laughs> All right, I it's infected every episode. We do talk Again, about Ronnie's. Nachos writes what he knows, man. He writes what he knows. <laughs> he is infatuated with Ronnie and his hog. I mean, all right, so when, when fucking Kyle has the possum on the shovel and he just catapults it, it reminded me to when we had the in-ground pool and, like, squirrels would fall in it over fall and they just drown in there and Mom's like, get Jesus. the fucking squirrels out of the pool. Dead dogs and dead squirrels in the same episode. So we would get the pool skimmer, which was like 15 feet long, and just fucking catapult it like four or six houses down, which was fucking awesome. <laughs> only, only Nacho sees – only Nachos and, uh, you know, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer see dead animals and, and have a, a memory of their from their childhood. <laughs> I, honestly, to be honest, I, I had to skip, skip, you know, use a pool skimmer and get a dead squirrel out of a pool when I was like 15. I had to do it too. Didn't realize we had so many sociopaths on the show tonight. <laughs> I just said I killed the squirrel. I said I had to get it out of the pool. Yeah, it's not like I'm fucking dual fist and drowning them, you know? Hey, look, but, there's some uh, in your first booby squeeze and then your first dead squirrel, okay? It's uh, Dead squirrel. <laughs> no, hear me out, dude. This is awesome. So, like, my neighbors were, like, four houses down and, like, his, his daughter was, like, you know, having the tea party in the backyard and just, bam, raining dead squirrels. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> 
came. It was a friend of the family came over and had a had a had a little heart to heart. <laughs> and we're back. Yes. Uh, later on in the evening, Kyle is now set up inside the game hall and he starts to record uh, his video for his viewers again. He starts off with the story of what happened at the camp, explaining from that he heard the story from his older brother that Jason had drowned. And his mother, who was the cook on site at the camp, went crazy with grief because of it before killing everybody at camp and then getting her own head chopped off. He also says that uh, his brother told him that Jason, in fact, did not drown in the lake and after witnessing his mother's death, seeks revenge on anyone who steps and trespasses into the camp itself. Kyle then Uh remarks... That this is just a ghost story, and that it's uh, such a shame that such rumors keep people from enjoying such a beautiful place. Yes, because all this crime scene tape and broken glass, uh, <laughs> it's just, you know what's fucking beautiful? All this yellow so, fucking do not cross tape. So again, does that mean, again, is this, this is almost like doing a Halloween to Halloween 2018 type thing, where... If he's saying the ghost story is, ends with, you know, the mom getting her head cut off and he doesn't go on to, like, it, it's almost not, pay, you know, acknowledging any of the sequels as being, that would have happened there then. Nachos, I, I believe this is your I, time to shine. I, I, I got a bit, uh, I was going to save it till the end, but I, I guess I'll just, uh. Unless I admit, like, if I miss something, please inform, like, no, correct me, good. inform me. Uh, I was going to save it till the end, but I'll just jump in and do it now. So um, when we were interviewing uh, Vincent, I fucking forgot to ask him. And this is like, this one was killing me. It was, where in the timeline does this take place? Because clearly after the events of the original Friday the 13th. Um, all right. So what did he, what did, where is this? Where is this? But the camp's so run down that it could have been like right afterwards. Because that, I mean, that's clearly years of degradation. Just the camp falling apart and, and, and you know being ignored. You texted it, you we're texted part it to of me, Mike. YouTube generation, come on! It's like YouTube generation. Yeah, and he's got a GoPro, so it's not like it was in the '80s or anything like that. All right. Well, he so does say have, that it's 30 years later. Uh, 20 years after the uh, last Manhattan. Um. So obviously, this is before the events of. What the fuck was that? Is there a bug in my room? Uh, sorry. Uh, thought I was gonna die for a minute. Okay, so it's after the events of uh, Jason takes Manhattan, and then you know because Jason comes back to the camp. Uh, Cincinnati Jeff, do you want to handle this while this thing is potentially threatening my life in this room, real quick? Yes. Yes. Is it a giant bug? It's so big. Um, well, so Nachos goes to war with a June bug. Right? Hey, Jeff, take it away. It's All Ronnie's right. dick is what it is. Nachos, so, it's Ronnie's dick. This, uh, essentially, Vincent uh, states that this takes place 20 years after the last Paramount film. So, man, Jason takes Vancouver. Uh, and then after the Manhattan event, Jason himself has disappeared. Uh, Disappear, the music video that we talked about a little bit earlier, takes place a few years after Jason has returned to Crystal Lake and never hike in the snow which is a prequel to this movie, takes place three or four months before Never Hike Alone. So while he's not uh, discounting any of the events of the other movies, he's also not directly referencing them in these movies, but with the series that he is building on this, we may see more of those callbacks. Because we do, in fact, get a reference uh, to the uh, Part 6 
obviously, when Tommy Jarvis shows up. So we do know that 4, 5, and 6 have at least taken place. Right, okay. And yeah, we know that 3 has to take place because he does have a hockey mask. Yes. yes. Um, I it, I'm just saying, like, if, if for the guy to say, oh, it's just a ghost story that my brother told me, and for it not to be like, I mean, if this was, again, this would be massive national news that this guy is slaughtering these kids for all these years through all this, like, it would be more than a ghost story. They'd be like, no, that shit really happened. You could look it up in the, you know, in newspapers and articles. That's not just a ghost story. That's where I, I don't know, it gets a little, um, he should so be, I don't know. My opinion is like, holy that, shit, this is Camp Chris Lake. You guys know what happened here, right? My All opinion is like every year's, uh, you know, a couple of years go by between films or, or scenarios other than in the first four movies, or at least uh, two through four. Um, People just forget about Jason a little bit. Obviously, the town has changed names a time or two. You know, to, was it Bowling Green or whatever? And, Camp Forest Green. Yeah, Forest Green. Yeah, all that shit. So Camp Forest Green. Yeah, that was one um, of the camp names. But I think that I think that that's kind of what takes place. People just sort of forget. I mean, uh, think about it in terms of real life events with the um, Green River Killer. You know, people kind of forgot about him, and then all of a sudden, what was it, like 2007, 2008? They were like, hey, guess who we caught? Like, I don't know, the Green River Killer. Oh, oh shit. Forgot about that guy. If Jason was real, like, there would be way more people. That's something you don't remember, like, on the level of killings that he committed, you know, that you but don't. But if that's the case, like, why is Tina showing up there with her fucking carry powers and. Like, what are they doing on an oil rig on an eight or whatever that yacht is? Yeah. Boat? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck was that? But and then don't curious. they even they start eight with uh with like a, a callback to Jason uh like the guy is banging the hot chick and like yeah. talks about it and like that's why he's got the mask. You're right. Go forward. Uh, moving on. Yeah, let's move. I'm sorry. I, let's move on. I, it doesn't matter. It's All cool. Right, no, I, I don't want to like I'm Marshall. I'm one of those guys. Like, bad. I get it. I need. I need these things tied up in a very in a very neat package. Yeah, my anal retention is going forward. I'm not trying to make it sound like this movie sucks or it's not doing it right because I, I completely that's not what I think. It's just things that pop in my head when we're talking about come out. And, you just want to know. And you know what? Hopefully Vincent listens and maybe this is some material that he can use to uh, incorporate into a later edit of one of the one of the future films. I yeah. mean, fuck, we could poke holes in the original. But... Sure. Yeah. Right. I would there say that this a, is set up better a, than any of the Halloween sequels for sure. A June bug guy. Yeah, except, well, maybe number two was, you can't really fuck with two. I mean, two was immediately after. So. Two's legit. Two's legit sequel. I mean, not in the new timeline, but whatever. Yeah. I, I prefer the anyway. opening to seven with fucking uh, Joseph Gordon Livett getting suspended because he gets a little crazy with the stick. Little Jimmy. <laughs> Dear Lord, can we move on? <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Whoa. Oh, my bad. Uh, moving on. Uh, so before uh, Kyle moves on, he says that he is going to head and explore the camp some more and that he ain't afraid of no ghosts. With Kyle continuing to record and explore, he comes across a new cabin with some more crime scene tags, and he finds himself in the kitchen where Pamela worked. <laughs> I love like his commentary. He's like, my lunch lady was scary, too. <laughs> and then he hears something moving around above him and decides to go upstairs and check out the noise, because that's always a good idea in horror movies. Always a good idea. And while looking around, he finds the source of the noise, which is just a door to nowhere banging in the wind. 
Those are real things. They are, yeah. It's like he yes, says, they are. to they move are real things. like objects and furniture up to a second floor. A barns used to have them quite frequently. Yeah, the hayloft. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. Number That's five. Right. Uh, Friday 13th, part five. Uh, also, part two, I think. Sorry, yeah. since I jumped out, we missed The barn was number three. Sorry. Uh, three and five. Yeah. Yeah. Number yeah. Three, three and five, uh, not two and five. Three and five. Steve Christie, and then two. Uh, and we're back. Uh, so as he continues uh, to look around the room that he is now in, uh, we see that this is some sort of makeshift apartment uh, with kind of like the divider set up. There, and he, the Kyle comes across a bed, and he comments that it looks like someone's been living there for a while. And while rummaging around where he should not be, someone approaches him from behind. But before anything happens, Kyle gets a whiff of dead lady and peeks under the covers to find a decayed corpse. So I ask you guys, is this is this a head? Is this a body? And is this Pamela? I, Pamela. I assumed it was Pamela. I, I yeah. assumed it was the head. That's Because I don't remember seeing a whole body attached to it. I just remember seeing the head, and I just assumed, okay, that's, that's got to be Pamela's head. Well, I didn't see the sweater because I know one of the girl counselors already took it off the body yeah. wearing it for the kill later on. No, uh, all right. So like you were saying, um, yeah, shit goes upstairs. Okay. Cause I know people are going to piss and moan. Why isn't Jason hanging out in his shack out in the woods? And I can explain that because you're at camp crystal Lake. Nobody's showing up. What the fuck are you going to do out there? You're going to relocate. You're going to build new houses, new shacks, whatever. I mean, because you know, you don't have shit going on and you could only fuck your mom's Mouth fuck your mom's decapitated head so many times. So you're going to, you know, build little huts, new shacks, move, move around town. Yeah, That's and what I got. like some red-haired bitch kind of fucked it up in the second movie anyway. Well, you could also argue that, you could also say that in the first two, he can't, the camp was still in use. Like Occupado. He, once, yeah, once the camp was no longer in use, he's like, I don't need the shack anymore. I'm going to move up and take over the camp. Moving on, up. Around, <laughs> moving, you know, on. The moving on up. He's going to Jefferson's it, you know, he's going to move up to the east side. <laughs> he doesn't have to hide in the shack anymore. Jason's going back to the camp because fish don't fry in the kitchen. That's right. The beans don't burn beans on his don't grill. grill. <laughs> Cause say kids don't drown in the and lake. It took a After whole a whole lot, lot of trying, a whole lot of swill I am. <laughs> Batter up. All right. So while yeah. trying. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. I was like, somebody please get this. So while trying to back away, uh, this mysterious stranger wraps Kyle in a sheet and throws his nosy ass out the door to nowhere off the second floor of the cabin. Old boy gets fucking shot put. Right? See ya! It's like fucking DJ Jazzy Jeff when fucking... (laughs) (laughs) Uncle Phil throws him out the house. Uncle Phil is just like, fuck you, dude. Wow! Bye, Kyle. Thanks for fucking hanging out, touching my stuff. Um, so they, this mysterious individual then grabs an axe as we get a good shot from behind. Uh, definitely, uh, we assume that this is Jason at this point. The, he then dead drops down to finish the job he started. And while Kyle yeah, is no trying superhero to... superhero landing. Just right? fucking steady drops. While Kyle is trying to crawl away, Jason, who we are assuming is at this point, is being his best moyle. Uh, but he misses Kyle's favorite PP when we finally get our first good look at Ghost Josh. Nice. And uh, I just want to say this out real quick. Uh, Cooley Jason is not a well-seasoned actor because he looks right into the camera. In seat. He's hamming it up. <laughs> All right. Uh, guys, 
What do you Maybe think? his direction was to look right into the camera. Well, he was the director, so it could be. Yeah. <laughs> you can't see him winking under the mask, so it's okay. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, what, what, what does this Jason remind you of? Uh, this kid who drowned uh, in 1980 called Josh. Oh, fucking, uh, uh, 1950. Uh, I was going to say, it reminds me if like you kitbashed part six Jason with Freddy vs. Jason. Or like if part six Jason had like an alternate, you know, pilot swap kind of thing. He's very yeah. he's very zombie, gray skin and oh, yeah. hands and things like that. Yeah, uh, the he mask he is super a, dirty. He almost has a green hue to him. Yeah. All right. Uh, so Kyle avoids a few more axe wings before trying to take on Ghost Jason with his fist. Before JB backhands him like he's Bobby Brown kicking the shit out of nosy bitches because that's his prerogative. <laughs> um, uh, but Kyle then tries to haul ass just after getting barely missed by a sweet axe throw. Jason decides to kick it up a notch, and he goes for his classic machete. And Old chases, trusty. Chases Kyle down the trail. Kyle, being too busy to use his eyes, trips right over the no trespassing sign that he mocked earlier and eats dirt I, hard. I fucking love how they film this claustrophobic panic fucking death rush down this trail well because it starts awesome. slow like okay. it's like jason's in like slow motion like and it's uh, a it's a view from like the machete marsh has got some and then as it points to him like he's still walking but like the camera seems to be moving fast around him i, I don't know uh, man it was steady the, uh, I, we got I, I i need to talk about this um the the the, 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 the our hero dude his stuff his shot are fine but yeah this trail Jason in pursuit shots of like the close-up of it's just the shots that are close-up of his head that bothered me and for some they didn't seem to fit the rest of the movie like I these shots I hated I really did like for some reason like the way his head was kind of bopping from like left to right and the, the background behind him like it just didn't fit a horror movie like all I'm hearing is like this shit should be in like some kind of like savage garden music video, like some like or some like shitty nineties R and B love song where it's like you're just bopping like where they just say truly, madly, deeply do like it's I don't know it's the just but when they show the full body of him going down the trail, I'm like okay that's fine, but the close of it just ahead really I hated those shots. No, that you said <laughs> it. I'm thinking like. Smashing Pumpkins, 1989 kind of thing. Yeah, like it just did not seem to fit with everything else. It was odd to me. That's just me. <laughs> Aaron, thoughts? I liked it, but Marshall, I just like <laughs> to see you like dance that truly, madly, deeply. Unfortunately, everyone else is going to be hearing this in audio, but we're doing this via Skype, so I can see Marshall doing dance moves as he's describing <laughs> this. It's fantastic. I I definitely had to mute because I did a spit take with my keystone. <laughs> I think. Uh, so I would have to I would have to reverberate what Aaron is saying. And I actually I liked these scenes. I liked the way the camera caught Jason, and it seems like he's moving fast. You also get this really neat sound with every step that he takes. This womp, bump, dump, bump. Would you say it's a womp stomp? Right? A and womp bop baloo bop lop wham boom. But it just, I, I liked it. It was the first time I'd ever seen Jason really moving this way. The only other time they ever see him hustle is like one through Brooker and Ted White. And you even see like Steve Dash do it a couple times in part two. That's right. Not fucking Warren Gillette. Yeah. Not Warren named after a razor. Um, 
But definitely, I, I was a fan of, of these scenes. So, uh, with uh, Kyle now fucking eating great shit. Um, he eats the shit. And, he, and he fucks his leg up pretty hard on the fucking wire um, um, barricade there. He is, on the in, he is in pretty bad shape. Uh, he tries his best to clean, like, you know, like, stifle the bleeding from the wound. And he crawls into some underbrush just as Ghost Jason shows up and tries... Uh, obviously to get him. So Kyle here is trying to hide, uh, but Jason notices a piece of the bloody rag, and he finds his new buddy's hide-and-seek spot. Kyle, at this point, barely gets away and hides in the woods until dark from Jason. He Would used... you say... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, buddy. Go ahead. Would you say Kyle tripped over symbolism? Because what did he trip over? What did the sign say? No trespassing. Hmm. It's like almost if he would have listened to the sign, he wouldn't have <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. What kind of a movie would have that made? You know. So he uses the last of his juice in his busted GoPro camera to record his last known words and whereabouts, and also wants to confirm that uh, Jason Voorhees is very real uh, and he is very much a dick. Kyle states that uh, if he can make it back to camp and uh, get his gear back, he can clean his wounds and can most likely survive. Uh, the night, if obviously JV doesn't get him first, uh, then oh, the, the battery the camera dies in the video. All right, um, I'm sorry. Keep you keep doing you. Aaron got a really cool turn. Uh, so Kyle makes it back to the camp now uh, and to his gear successfully without crossing Jason's path uh, before he hears his old friend Jason stomping around on patrol. Kyle hides while tending to his wounds, and we get, like, another kind of montage. And he does a pretty damn good job of patching himself up and sewing himself shut. Uh, this is very neat to watch, like, somebody do this. And, again, it's just a kind of a reminder that I'm actually watching a hiking expert uh, at work. So this is really cool. A survivor. Yeah, somebody with field-level field yes. first aid. Uh, and I will say here, again, for an independent fan movie, um, this is one of those scenes where like, – just the special effect makes up was really, really good for because the the dude that like the, the, the fake a, 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 a stitcher like this or what's it? Um, Aaron, sure. help. yeah, thank you. Um, and not make <laughs> it look like, like the skin is really fake. Um, it's not, it's, it's hard to do. And they did a really good job with this special effect makeup. Uh, just showing a close up of him trying to sew his wound shut. Uh, for and I was, so I was really impressed with that. For again, for the low budget fan movie, they did that really well. I I agree. And, and honestly, from a nurse's standpoint, from a nurse's standpoint, who has done wound care, who has seen stitches, and a lot of uh, OR people who stitch you up, those are nurses. Uh, they they did a pretty good job. Pretty convincing. It's it's quick. It's dirty, but I I liked it. Um, I had something I was gonna say. Oh yeah, we missed a marker. Did did we did we miss a marker? We already? have not yet. Okay, that's right, because he's doing his, for his fans-only Patreon fucking, you know, talking on the, the camera thing. So, and, uh, so as, um, so he's now inside the uh, little game hall, and he's sewn himself uh, shut, and he's ready to go. He grabs his shit, notices that the coast seems to be clear, and tries to make a break for it, but he spots Ghost Jason on the prowl again. He tries another exit, but this time Jason's a little too ready for him, and he busts into the fucking room and finds his buddy Kyle. Kyle tries to fight back, but Ghost JV <laughs> gets the best of him, even though Kyle's got his trusty table this time. 
And, he hit him uh, with the fucking chair, dude. Look <laughs> at Jason. You think that's going to end well for you? It, it's like when fucking, like, WWF, when before McMahon started getting all buff and, like, would hit fucking Austin with a chair and Austin would just fucking turn around. And, like, like McMahon just knew me. he was about to get a stunner. <laughs> and that's when the rest of Prince knew he fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so as Jason fucking now pummels Kyle's ass to the floor... Jason turns to grab his trusty machete to finish the job, and I love this next scene. It's subtle, but Kyle turns the tables on him and does this classic fucking horror movie trope where Jason turns around and Kyle is gone. Usually, it's the fucking hero that turns their back on the downed villain. Yes. Gonna talk about how Jason choke slams Kyle through a fucking table? <laughs> I mean, he fights him so many times. I'm not going into detail for every fight, but yeah, if you want to talk about it, that's a fucking. That's like okay. So, all right, um, straight up, when he's trying to like get his fucking little medi, you know, uh, what would it? What did Aaron? Would you call that last round? Was it fade spray? Yes. All right, when he's trying to get his fade spray fade out spray. in the fucking distance, you hear Jason stomping like Mister X down the fucking hallway. Doom! 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 You know what I'm talking about? That shit's terrifying. I, sometimes I think my roommates wear fucking army boots upstairs just to creep me out. Or Aaron uh, going down the stairs. No shit. <laughs> Are you a tyrant? Do we not know that? All right, so before Nacho stepped all over my dick and my line, uh, Kyle has uh, turned the classic movie horror trope on its head. Did you guys notice this at all? Because this was yes. the first time I viewed it, my favorite fucking scene. It's, oh, it's yeah, of course unique. I noticed that it's right incredible. away. It's incredibly unique. I love the fact that it's the victim pulling the "I'm out of here" the the, the, the quote unquote teleportation move. Uh, it's it, it it does turn you it on its head. If I were Jason, I would have raged quit at this point in the game. <laughs> like, fuck this shit. <laughs> no, you're not. You're not wrong. And I again, I think everybody's on agreement here that it's just it's so, it's so fun to see it go the other way. For instance, honestly, uh, where. Where was the JB head tilt on that? You know, because he's just too busy going motherfucker under his breath. Well, here's a, here's a question. Here's a question. Why does it take so long for someone to figure this out? You know what? I'd honest. I couldn't say. I couldn't say one way or the other. But I do love seeing it that it's that's the other way around it, this time. It just seems like I can't think of any other movie where it's been done before where the victim disappears. It's the killer that's always ready. Oh, and it's the uh, it's yes. the victim who's the new fighting for their life who's never really prepared because they're just working in the moment. So it was just the new Halloween movie. Remember when um, what what is it? It's uh, Mike throws Lori off the fucking porch. He hears a noise. He looks back and Lori's gone. He's like that fucking bitch. That is true. Yeah, that was that, that true. was 2018, right? I know, yeah, right? After so. this. You yes. think somebody was watching something, if you know what I'm saying? Right? <laughs> Motherfuckers. So, um, uh, Kyle has now uh, made out to the cabin, but Jason has seen him run off. And he makes it around the side before JV catches up back to him. And the two will duel it out. Jason with his machete and Kyle with his Landon Industries multi-tool shovel. Kyle I fucking love how Jason explodes through those doors. Dude, it's fucking fun. It's like part five just kicking it through. What's up? Did you say party? No, it's just his rage meter fucking hit the peak so he could just fucking blast through doors. So Kyle gets in a few good hits, but Jason overall wins. So Kyle then checks his inventory and switches to a rock weapon and knocks Shelly's mask to the ground. 
and then takes off after getting a real good look at Jason's hair lip and gingivitis. Uh, Jason- again, the great. I thought great makeup, and, and and again for the level like his face. I thought they did a good job with it. It, it was they hit it enough in shadow to hide any weaknesses or, or flaws, which is a smart move. But yes. so what we see looks really good for what they had. And quite, I got two. One, I'm surprised that this dude. What's this guy's name again? Kyle, I think Kyle. Whatever. Handsome, handsome Kyle. Yeah. Handsome Kyle didn't like just break his fucking spine when Jason like threw him against a tree. Twice, not, not, two times now. Twice, yeah. But he second, did. Here's a here's a question for you. Um, <laughs> we talked about timelines, and uh, I, I I thought about this. So every time I see the mask, he it gets hit off. And he picks it out, puts it back on. But where do you think this mask came from? Because it's different. It, I, obviously, the, the other ones are trademarked with the red markings and the triangles and the, the blue chevrons. markings. The chevrons, yeah. Um, but in eight, you know, so where do you think Ghost he, Mask came from? Or is this just there, you know, or is it just something we have to like, overlook as things and not, it's just a trademark thing that we just, okay, it's supposed to be no. part eight mask or something. Like, I just, I'm just curious, where do you think this mask is? Because it's so different from all the other ones. I'll jump in if anybody doesn't have an answer right away. Go um, ahead. I think Jason picked it up on the way back from New York. You know, he just went in some stories like okay. <laughs> here's in Times Square. He just, he just grabbed one. Well, because he does, he does have one, and ignoring goes to hell. He does have one in Freddy Verse. Yeah, I'm pretty sure in Freddy Verse, Jason, it doesn't have the fucking uh, the axe wound. I, you know what? I, I'd have. To, I don't think it does. Yeah, and that's nothing. The axe wound is not in that one either at all. You it are, is not you are correct. And it is also missing the trademark chevrons. Um. So again, that could be a trademark thing because I know we got. That's one reason we we found that to be a problem for some of our old shirts. Like we couldn't do them <laughs> because they <laughs> had the, the Jason chevrons on them, so that people wouldn't produce them. But uh, so that could be a trademark thing. But I just I'm curious because the mask is so different. I wonder where, you know, and again, timeline that's supposed to match up. Or yeah, where our original Horrible Horror t-shirts were uh, denied for mass production. Not not, not, the, uh, not the, the hand print, the new version. but The, the, the ones that are on the original uh, can koozie. Yes, yes, our old, our rig- very first shirts. I yeah. have two of those can koozies. I traded nachos for the new ones because I like the old ones better. I think I got like four, so suck it. Uh, all right, uh, so moving on. Uh, Jason is self-conscious about his bad skin and hygiene, so he goes after his mask before going after Kyle. Well, you mean the family a mother could love? <laughs> and we're back. While going back for his gear again, Kyle finds the axe that Jason had tossed at him earlier and decides to upgrade his arsenal. Jason has doubled back and sneaks up on Kyle, but this time... Kyle is ready for him, and as Jason goes for the final stab into Kyle's guts, Captain Trail Mix swings his new axe and lands it straight into Jason's neck. Jason goes down for the count as well as Kyle at the same time, like Rocky Three fucking ending here. Um, and as Kyle pulls the machete from his gut, it reveals that his trusty hiking guide took the majority of the blow for him. You mean his uh, Froman's travel guide took the brunt of the head? <laughs> If only Lincoln would have kept books in his hat. (laughs) (laughs) Kyle then gets up, dusts himself off, 
and is about to head out, but looks back at Jason for one last time and sees him coming back to life, removing the axe from his neck and getting ready for round two. Kyle says, fuck this, and bounces. I love that camera shot, though, of, of, of Kyle in the background, and you just see in the foreground the hand pulling the axe head out of his neck. Like That is a great shot. Probably one of my favorite shots in the entire movie. It I is like a how... really good one. I actually mm-hmm. like the the uh, the scene right before it where Kyle sinks the axe and you get the blood. Like the it's like so no, dark, dude, it's like black. That is, that is straight up Nickelodeon gack oozing through his mask. That's what that, that is cool. Is. No, that's a good shot too. But we've kind of seen. I'm just saying. I've just kind of seen that stuff in other horror movies. This, the, the delayed blood coming out, but just that was just such a great <laughs> shot with the, the pulling the axe out in the foreground. I thought that was great. I agree with Marshall. I thought it was a great shot. So after wandering around the woods all night, Kyle makes it to morning and finds a lake where he stops to rest. And while looking around, he notices another crime scene marker off in the distance. And (gasps) before he can assess the situation, motherfucking Josh pops up out of the water, grabs Kyle's head, and just crushes it to death. Dude, he fucking squeezes it like an accordion full of hamburger. That's awesome. Or like Nacho squeezes dick on a Saturday night. Suddenly. I'm sorry, Nacho. <laughs> Suddenly, a masturbation joke appears. <laughs> uh, super effective. <laughs> it used stroke. It was super effective. Uh, so, all right. So, back, Marshall. so suddenly, uh, Kyle wakes up and finds himself in the back of a, a ambulance uh, with paramedics Denny and Axel, who has at this point helped himself to Kyle's porn. And then does no, no shit. one of my favorite things that a movie can do. He says the title of the movie in the movie. He's like, yes. oh, buddy, don't you know to never hike alone in the woods? And I'm like, God damn it. I love that shit. I love it. But can we also can we also give Kyle credit? Like, through all the shit he went through to get the be there, he remember he saved the porn. He <laughs> saved the porn. Like it belongs in the museum. That's why. <laughs> so do you. <laughs> Cutting to part five. <laughs> Uh, and as they try to uh, uh, help Kyle uh, with what was going on, he starts to freak out and hallucinate that Jason is in the back of the ambulance with him. This uh, was kind of cool. I kind of dug this hallucination scene. Yeah, because he's like going in and out of consciousness. He's seeing Jason. The uh, paramedics don't notice him. And then also, like, all of a sudden, he's still tied to the gurney, but in, like, the woods alone through, like, a red lens. It's, like, all being filmed. And, like, he's just standing there with Jason, who's, like, ready to go. It's spooky. I love this scene. I thought this scene was very well done. It gave you a sense of, like, disorientation, fear. Is Jason still around? I don't know. Is he really being held? I don't know. Good God. it's It was really well done. It, it kind of reminded me of some of the freakout scenes in the first Phantasm. Uh, but shot very much Dude, uh, that whole done, movie done better and then also not as trippy. But that's kind of what it reminded me of, like the first time I saw it. Yeah, done better and it, it was it was just quick and clean, but it was it was still Yeah. yeah no, it was, it was a good shot. Well. I liked it. I agree on there, but fuck Phantasm. I'll say it again. <laughs> I'll cool. stand by it. I could do Phantasm too, because the chick has the ball boobs, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and it's like, it, but I don't know, dude. That first one, 
you tape a hammer to a shotgun shell to attack, I hit the door so hard it brings us back to the movie we're talking about. So as they <laughs> wrestle him down and drug him up, before, uh, you know, or while this is going on, the ambulance driver then opens the door to see what all the fusses are about. And we get a big reveal here for anybody who has not seen this before or you've already seen this your first time. Uh, third guy boy. is actually... <laughs> It's actually Roy who says, you talk about me, Sheriff? <laughs> I said, that's our boy, but we can run with Roy. That's even better. Uh, so it's actually Tommy Jarvis. Oh. Uh, Mike, if it would have been Roy instead of Jarvis, <laughs> I actually think I would have liked it better. Like, that would have been crazy. Kidding. Let's play with this parallel angle for a second. Like, that <laughs> parallel universe would have been, ins- I think, insane. <laughs> it's Roy, and he's deep throat in a chocolate bar. He's like, oh, I'm just going to look here for you guys if you want. <laughs> Acquitted of all charges, uh, he gets his old job back. It's the only thing he knows how to do. He just has like a lot of band aids on all those spike wounds. <laughs> yeah, somehow survived impalement on a wheat thrasher. I don't know what that was. It's called a it's called a barnyard stabber. No, I, 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 I'm sorry, I, I'm thinking weird time. Like it would have been like before that, so it would have been like in between like the events of like um, four and five. It would before he went all. Like this was what gave him the idea. He got Jason's mask or something like that, or from I, I don't know. It's just so weird. It would have been well, before the, he went. Fake Jason. We have to have Kung Fu Tommy from Part Four or Five. I don't, I'm getting all messed up now. I'm also getting a bit drunk. I'm. I'm I lost. I lost. Right I lost where we are. Uh, uh, so this, TJ whips <laughs> the doors open. Right. So this uh, this actual reveal is it's Tommy Jarvis. It's actually Tom Matthews who played Tommy in Part VI. What a fucking uh, who seems was. to have fucking uh, uh, become a local EMT. Axel says before they can leave, he needs to repatch up Kyle uh, and make him stable for travel. And Tommy tells that's, him to hurry the fuck up. And that's funny. Tommy said, "Check out the beard on this vagina." Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it must have been the Demi Moore Playboy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, as Tommy has made his way back to the front seat, Denny pops up and tells Tom, uh, Tommy that. Someone else might be in, might still be in the woods, uh, as Kyle has been just the way he's just been talking. Tommy says that that kid's pretty fucked up, uh, but he is probably he's going to call it in anyway. Uh, and then so he calls dispatch, and this is kind of fun. He states that he is on Cunningham Road, which we also originally heard in yes. our VI. Um, but as he's talking to dispatch, a friendly, familiar face pops up in the window. A hospitable hockey. A friendly face. <laughs> Someone that Tommy recognizes. There we go. A blast from the past. An old buddy. Yes. In the back now, while Denny is getting Kyle ready, Axel pops around the corner and is bleeding from his new axe hole in his chest. <laughs> oh, my God. Are we finally here? Jason. Death one. Yes. Death number Axel one. Axel gets axed in his axe hole? <laughs> okay. Jason then walks up and uh, decides that he's not done yet and pulls Denny from the back and kills her off screen. Yeah, what what do you think happened here, fellas? <sighs> I probably so it sounds like he's beating her to death against, against the ambulance. That's kind yeah. Of I, you hear a lot of screaming, so it wasn't an insta kill. I like to think that I like to think he's like doing the old sleeping bag kill, only he's grabbing her by the ankles and just slamming her. Against the ambulance repeatedly. I, I like that. Marshall, I love it. He's like, look how clean this ambulance is. Check it out up close. <laughs> well, see, this is what the confusing part for me was. I'm getting some mixed signals here because 
Jason is. Oh wait, wait. No, the spell check. Okay, so like mixed signals. He's wearing a mask, but he's killing essential workers. You know where? Where do I stand on this? <laughs> kill here. He is wearing a face mask, but it does have breathing holes in it. Oh, my God. Uh, So, as uh, Jason kills her off screen, uh, he comes into the ambulance to try to, or tries to enter the ambulance to kill off Kyle and finish his job there. But Tommy pops. What's what's up? What's he say? Tommy pops back up in the driver's seat and calls Jason a maggot head and says, Hey, maggot head, remember me, asshole? Yes. Before driving off and leaving Jason alone to hike back to the camp. End movie, All right. Roll credits. In I fucking love Tommy Jarvis confronting Jason Voorhees. Calling I'm, him maggot head is wonderful. I think the only thing that would have made that better is if you called him, come on, you big pussy. Yeah, also, that'd be better. How funny would that have been? Like, Tommy fucking floors you know, floors it, and he takes off, and the fucking stretcher rolls out the back. <laughs> That's what I was expecting to happen. I the really thought like that was what was going to happen. Because I was like, like okay. But it's like a downhill uh, slope, so, like, Kyle, like, fucking ends up rolling past the ambulance. Like, Tommy looks out the passenger side, and he's like, oh, shit. So then he has to gun it, then slow down so Kyle can pop back into the open doors. And like then he it. fucking slides down Camp Crystal Lake Gorge. <laughs> um... Question, um, while we're talking about, I mean, we were talking about the mask and the trademark stuff earlier and how this is, is, you know, they can't, they didn't have the rights to this when they made it. But so I'm just surprised they were able to, because I was, you would think Tommy Jarvis would be trademarked as a, you know, part of the the IP of the series so that the fact they were able to use it and not just use it in the script but actually show it on his uniform and saying Tommy Jarvis instead of like T Jarvis I'm su- that surprised me cuz I thought for sure that would have been part of the the uh trademark as well part of all that intellectual property I would assume that they would be able to get away with it because they don't directly reference any of the previous movies di- again directly and then on top of it Tommy Jarvis itself is a name and probably exists in real life I'm sure you could right. Google several Tommy Jarvis's, so they couldn't right, own the rights to that movie. In the context of a Friday the 13th movie, you could say it's close enough that, you know, you can't Marshall, use it. I'll say it. I think because everything's caught up in limbo, uh, lawsuit limbo right now, nobody gives a fuck. And, and that very well could be the case. It's like, this is like the black hole of like this void. Like, fuck, if you're going to do it, do it now or I can get away with it type thing. I mean, they're uh, using... Camp Crystal Lake yeah. and Jason Voorhees and Pam. Well, yeah, Voorhees. like that's what I'm saying. Like, there's so, and even like the original image, like that that the yellow sign, you know, the, yes. that that yellow, which is from the. That's what there's so many things in here that are from the actual movies that it's so weird. Like, why then if that if they can get away with that, then why not get an actual, you know, why not get the mask with the chevrons on it or the axe wound? As well, like it, there's so much. It's just weird. My you know, assumption is that maybe just, his intent was never to turn a profit off of this. Uh, well, I'm just, not saying, he, yeah. So that he, he was, but that's what that's what, but that's what he got. That's maybe that's how he got away with it. Maybe, I'm sure if he's not doing it for a profit, yeah. There's there's oh, loopholes for that. Yes, I know. Like there's a parody aspect. Like you can get so close to blank so long as there is a parody law. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of talking out of my ass. I'm like, Drink a little scotch. That's fucking weird. Owl producer on this or consultant? Then I mean, Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> That's what we missed at the fucking. 
when we were talking to Vincent, he actually pulls his mask off. And, and his weird owl. He pulls his other <laughs> mask <laughs> off. A double Scooby-Doo reveal. <laughs> my, my, this year Josh Voorhees guy. Maybe Jason someday <laughs> later. Now he's just a drunk guy. Um, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry if I'm going off. On, I, I just, there's so, like, there's so much. I find, it's more of interest and curiosity than trying to, like, be negative about the movie. Not that's why I'm not. I'm just so just, curious when it comes to these things. Uh, so, do you guys want to see a dead body? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I think I saw a couple. So we've got uh, three. All right. Uh, first yeah. up is the uh, raccoon possum. Really? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding? And I'm out of here. And uh, no, so we've got two. We've got two kills only in this movie, which is actually very surprising. Uh, low, low kill count for not only just a slasher but a horror movie, especially particularly Friday the Thirteenth. Only two. First one is Axel. Then immediately following is Denny. Okay. Real talk. Reading her fucking name off her name tag, I thought it was Denny Moore. Like Denny Moore, but more importantly, Denny Moore. Denny Moore. Yes, the Denny Moore. Denny Moore. Denny Morgan. I, Michael. So normally we talk about our favorite kills. There's only two. I'm sure we're probably all going to say the same thing. This is likely Axel. No, the only um, one we really I'll, see. Kind I'll of blurred. I don't care if it's a dream sequence. The head smash. Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, I, I don't think anybody's going to fight me on that one, right? Out of left, out of no, left field. No, not fight you. Out of left field. So, um, are you guys ready for some stuff you should know? All right, you got this, or should I lead the charge? Uh, so, first off is there was a, uh, a young podcast by the name of Here Comes the Spooky who did an interview with the director, Vincent Desenti. So if you want to know more about this movie, you can definitely check that out on uh, Podbean and iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Google Play Music. Uh, but outside of that, uh, the paramedic, Axel McCauley, is too busy perusing the Playboy found by Kyle to do his work. Very similar to his namesake character, Axel Baraka from Friday the 13th Final Chapter. Axel, you are the Super Bowl of self-abuse. The <laughs> issue in question is a U.S. Playboy from 1980 with the centerfold cover girl, Terry Peterson, printed the same year as the original Friday the 13th movie. You don't nice. say. Kyle finds numbered forensic police tags scattered throughout Camp Crystal Lake, and we talked about them in the movie. Each tag... Dope marks the location of a victim's body where it was found after the events of the original Friday the 13th. Kyle first finds number six marking Marcy in the shower, uh, then three marking Steve Christie, uh, two marking Jack, and five marking Brenda, four marking Bill, and finally one on the lakeshore marking the spot where the film's antagonist, Pamela, is decapitated by final girl Alice. I gotta say, I missed in a lot of those tags. I don't remember seeing that many of them in the movie. I must have just missed. Them. I remember like at least seeing at least two, maybe three of them, but my, I don't remember that many. My so, favorite wow. was the one uh, pinned to the tree, um, and, and the camera pans Steve up and, and, you, and you see the bloody rope that's been severed where where he was hanging. How cool was that? They didn't get him on the initial by the front gate, stab him in the gut, but when he fucking swung out of the tree, that was yeah, cool. That was neat. Again, I'm sorry. That's just, I can't, I'm sorry. I, I, maybe I should say this after we're done, but it, that just brings back more 
timeline questions for me now. <laughs> um, that this, it seemed like this, like they just again once again got rid of all the sequels after it just took the first movie and that was it. Because well, again, if there are any other sequels well, in this, those tags would have been picked up and long gone. They wouldn't still be there. Well, the camp was reopened in any of the sequels. But here's the thing: there. in part two, it's not Camp Crystal Lake; it's next door. That's Pac-Man, homie. And, and Pac-Man, in, yes. In three, three. Uh, Higgins Haven. Yeah, Higgins Haven. It's not at the camp; it's nearby. Four, right. same thing. Five is at the mental institution. Right, that one does. Yeah. Um. So the age, well, primarily, it's just like. Camp Crystal Lake is a giant fucking lake, and it's all this surrounding, you know, area kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. I've always looked at that too. Like it's just this giant super lake, and it's just, like Crystal Lake is this part of the this one section that borders the lake. Because like, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's just a weird timeline thing that still gets me. But don't get me wrong. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, I'll, I'll but I mean, because I, I'm trying to think now that you bring it up. I can't recall any other ones really taking place at the camp outside of the original. Uh, six, uh, six is all over town. Six. Seven does. Seven. I believe seven. Because that's, I remember when we did the, our episode, our watch long, I commented because they say Camp Crystal Lake, and that's the one where I thought it was funny where the lake basically becomes a pond. And no, the they're, like this, they're at the camp. They're so at the fucking I'm small. at the camp itself. They are, of course, at Crystal Lake. Kitty pool. <laughs> it was basically a kitty pool. Yeah, a kitty pool of a lake. Um, but yeah, you've been the same thing like yeah, the lake on the other side. They signs, they it's signs just, it's, they're not at Camp Crystal Lake, they're at Crystal Lake. Right. But yeah. Oh. You know what? Maybe yeah. you're right. Maybe I never. It, you could be right about that. You know, and it's just been a long time since I've, I've thought about it that way. So the last one that I have here is, uh, and this is neat. If you, if you didn't catch it, um, it's just kind of suddenly there. But when Kyle walks into the large game hall of that main cabin that he's in uh with the yep. fireplace that he's poking around in and all the all the tables you, you, you talking the other masks you can see on the left hand side there are uh two to three hockey masks um that are very visible um and it's on the left side of the cabinet uh in between the photos on the wall and the dartboard there is what? how a, did i miss that <laughs> so there is a yellow one uh and the uh with hat which has uh, and sorry then a white one with kind of a red forehead chevron on the and temples, and the plastic white mask is meant to uh, resemble the distinctly un-Jason-like hockey mask, which was on the VHS cover of the original the Friday the Thirteenth Part Five: oh, New look Beginning. Look at that kitty cat! I'll do a visual aid. Huh? I wish you didn't tell me that because I I missed that in my two viewings of the movie. I didn't see the other mask, and that just makes me want to question this even more now. <laughs> What's going on? Here you go, Marshall. The mask like in the timeline. Yeah, that mask. <laughs> yes, that mask. Yeah, you, not, not the listeners can see that, but yes, yes. The, the, the Nacho's just holding like up the, the VHS of, of uh, part five. Yeah, it's like the cheese grater mask. It's just so so many holes in that one. What's it's, fun is uh, when NECA released the part five Roy, or not the part five Roy figure, the dream sequence, uh, uh, Jason Adam, from part yeah. five. Yeah. It came with a head that wears that mask specifically. Oh, it's the best. Just the VHS. <laughs> cover mask it's so weird but they were like fuck it let's do it yeah they did <laughs> dude neck is a treat and a treasure i can't wait till they get the fucking that shit back from the lawsuit uh so we are now at the final cuts portion of the... actually i i got a oh, i got you? a trivia for you yeah all right so i remember way 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 back in the very beginning when um when they were talking about hiker man 5000 yes all right, so I did a little cyber sleuthing to figure out to see if it was some like in joke, 
you know, with like Vincent or one of his buddies or whatever. Oh, fun fact, Landon Industries is like his kid's name, Landon. Okay. There you go. Um, anyway, so Hiker Man 5000. Yeah, so it turns out it was one of his buddies, and uh, Hiker Man 5000 is actually an indie director from South Carolina named Ian Montgomery, who was trying to do a Kickstarter for um, a Nightmare on Elm Street fan flick, ugh, fan flick called Beneath the Boiler. It was supposed to deal with some very controversial uh, topics, such as the origin of the Elm Street children, Freddy's sister, and getting motherfucking rickrolled because everything I just said, I lied to your asses about. That would have been funny if you weren't so goddamn predictable and always doing this kind of bullshit. Bitch, I told you about it last night. I know, I know. Uh, I do do actually have one more. Uh, The guy who played Axel McCauley, uh, Robert Dubois. Dubois, um, yeah, was born and raised and grew up in Freeburg, Illinois. What? Yes, he's a local. He is a local. Actually, I, I do got some more on the hiker five hundred, and this is fucking legit. Well, I just no, a- just stop it. <laughs> no, I swear to God, this is real. All I could scrape up was um, on Reddit a couple years back. Vincent said that hiker man five thousand possibly. Could show up in a later film. Just saying. Maybe yeah, he, like maybe he's in like, uh, Never Hike in the Snow. Aaron's done with your bullshit. What if it were? <laughs> I am. <laughs> he's like, it. I fucking want to go to bed. I got work in the morning. Uh, so this is the final cuts, final thoughts of the film, uh, where we talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, what we would change, and then of course we give our rating, one out of ten. Uh, guests always go first, Marshall, with you being uh, the Oh, shit, I have to go first? Here. Okay. Um, uh, your thoughts, what well, you liked, didn't like, and then give us your rating, buddy. Okay, well, first, let me apologize to all the listeners out there, because I probably came off as, like, is this a retard or something this episode? Like, just my, <laughs> all my trademark talk and all this stuff. Like, I just... You can't say that! <laughs> shit, sorry. I'm, like, four beers in. I'm, I'm been drinking. I'm sorry. Special um, needs, people. Um... Yeah, I probably come off like an idiot or something, so I apologize for that. Um, Nachos make but all right, so what you already know what I did. Like, I did not like the weird close up of his head going down the trail. Look like some weird '90s boy band music video shot. Like, it's just weird to me. I didn't like that. But really, that's probably my only real gripe. Um, other than like you know the timeline, trying to figure out timelines and trailers. That's just my own curiosity. Um, but other than that, that's all I really didn't like. I love i love this movie um and i it shocked me when i saw it now like oh, oh my god it's so shocking it's like i say that's shocking because it's the first fan movie fan film that i actually liked and that was done really really well like high quality i've seen a lot of of the halloween michael myers fan films and they look like the quality of those look like something like that Aaron and I would have done in our, my backyard when we were like 15 <laughs> in high school, you know, and like they were really shitty. Um, but this blew me away for that a fan that they did this for a fan film as, as just a, a project of love for the franchise and, and for the fans. And I, so I, I loved it. Uh, I would definitely watch this again and again. It's really well done. Um, it's great. It, it's just great. So my, I'm not going to, I don't know if I give a complete 10 out of 10, Say it's a perfect movie, but I'll just at least give it um certainly give it at least a, a, like a nine point five out of ten or something like that. So very high, I give very high marks. 
Aaron, go ahead, buddy. So uh, I, I agree with Marshall. I think a lot of things that were done in the movie were were just about just about perfect. They captured the spirit of Friday Thirteenth movies. Um, you know, the, the lobe of the suspense, a little bit of the cat and mouse. Um, then when you see Jason, Jason looks good. Jason's he's entertaining. He he's true to form. Um, the only thing I would change, I guess, would uh, I would add a little bit more body count. Um, that's one thing about Friday Thirteenth films is there's usually a close to ten or ten plus body count. We only got two. I know, right? But I, I take that in the fact that it's a fan film. Well, you can't do yeah. that much. This, this is my turn, buddy. Sorry. But, <laughs> <laughs> You're but right. I, I get it. I know that. But if there was something I was going to change, I would just want to add a few more bodies to the pile. In flashbacks or some sort of format, who knows? Um, regardless, they captured the spirit. They did a great job. They stayed true to true to the material that was put before it. I was very pleased as a fan. Completely blown away. Love it. I would give it nine 1980 Playboys out of ten. <laughs> All right. Can I just let me say one thing real quick before you move on? About the body count, what could have been cunt that they could have done that would have been kind of cool. Um, now that Aaron says that, is what they could have done to save money and you know, because there's a fan film, is when Handsome Kyle or whatever his name is checking out the camp after maybe after he discovers the okay, Pamela's head question mark, maybe he finds a fresher kill somewhere just later on. There's some random other hiker that just stumbled upon there. Just for that would give us another body count, but not have they wouldn't have to do like a big kill scene to acquire more special effects or money. It just there's another random body for some other poor poor schmuck who who stumbled upon here, and he just run. You know, like oh shit, there's another body. I gotta run though. They could have done that. That would been cool too. I think. All right. I think I think what it could have been cool is when they're showing all the taped off areas and all the spots where they have you know like a number next to it. They, if you looked at it, maybe like a quick flashback cutback to Jason killing that person. That would be trademark, though. He, I don't think he get the trademark for the footage rights to do that. And those, and would, those be, would be Pamela's be death. Pamela. Oh, well, that's well, right. It, it, would be still, be, it could still be recreated. Oh, okay. You are you are not mistaken. I will say, uh, like a blue sleeve or a blue sweater hand slit in the throat. Nothing like the face. I got gotcha. you. That uh, he was uh, he was worried. Uh, of course, when he was doing this, and still is to this day, uh, about fanboys such as ourselves picking apart some of the smallest things. So I bet, I, I yeah. mean, I thought the same thing. Aaron, never do. And I would, I wonder if maybe he thought the same thing. And he's like, if I don't get it exactly right, that's all they're going to focus on. Or fucking hear the end of it. Yeah, but Vincent's like a super fanboy. Yeah, but fanboy, even if you're the super, the most super fanboy, there's always going to be, you know, another super, more super fanboy out there besides you you know there's there always is someone else another there yeah there is another <laughs> right uh, i mean look, so look. i see his point on that and he, i think he did the smart thing i think he did he went about it in a very smart way and he came out with an amazing product in the end it, we can nitpick all you want that's what we're doing but overall it's it is a great uh, a great product that he made and put out there for the love just for the love of it so and that is our goal here uh nachos uh, take it away buddy all right, I had long-winded and all this shit, but I think Aaron's trying to get off, so I'm going like, to keep this shit brief. Uh, gore, that's the fucking head smash. That shit would, like, I honestly couldn't even tell the difference when it was... 
you know, when it wasn't old boy. When it wasn't nature boy, sorry. <clears throat> All right. Um, <laughs> Alright, so I know it's a fan film and like we only get two kills, but the way I'm considering it, this is a piece of a puzzle and I will not judge it until the final product has been released, kind of thing. So I feel that's very unfair. That's a um, good point. All right, nudity. Hey, straight out the gate, we got two glimpses of titties in the magazines. That's right. You get that one where he's holding up little side boob, but when he drops it, you get to see two knockers. Automatically, that's more tits than Friday the 13th Part 6. And, you know, I'm not expecting fucking trauma level of titties out of a uh, fan film passion project. But, uh, you know what? This is the first in the, you know, the in the in the saga so, Lord knows who's going to show up in the later ones. We could have fucking, like, Tracy Lords and uh, Nadia White, you know, going ass-to-ass with a severed arm or whatever. <laughs> you know, I, by the way, I finally watched Never Fucked in the Woods. I was going to say, is, is, is that stuff remembered from Never Fucked? Like, that's a weird <laughs> name to bring up unless you just watched Don't Fuck in the Woods. <laughs> I follow her on Instagram, and she's a smoke show. Okay, music, I get it. Like, you can't get the Manfredini score, but if you could... That would have just fucking blasted it through the roof. But otherwise, you know, it's got some stings. It's got, you know, it does what it's supposed to do. We're not talking about how terrible it is because it isn't terrible. All right. Plot. Like I said, you know, a few times throughout the episode, um, this this is a passion project by a super nerd. For nerds like us, it's like FUBU, but it deals more with hockey masks and shit. So, um. <laughs> I really hope whenever um, whenever they figure out what the fuck is going on for this with this lawsuit kind of shit, um, whatever tentacle of Paramount or New Line Cinema comes to Vince and they're like, hey, we saw what you did for virtually no money. Not virtually no money, but, you know, you did a fucking killer job with what little money you did. If you want some big studio bucks, we'd love to see you redo this, you know, but with big Hollywood money or if worse comes to worse. Um, say whatever, uh, Friday the 13th franchise doesn't want to play ball. Either A, dude can start his own shit, you know, kind of like an Adam Green, um, Victor Crawley kind of thing. You know what I'm talking about. Or um, just genuinely, like, even if fucking Full Moon comes in and be like, hey, you fucking killed it. Let's see you do better at, or let's see you do a Puppet Master franchise. And, and then Vincent says no. <laughs> and they're like, let's see you do a better Chainsaw franchise kind of thing. Because I think Vincent and his crew are fucking killing it. And um, these dudes deserve to make more stuff and bigger things. There you go. Um, so I don't have a rating, like one out of ten for this, because it's an un- incomplete thing, and I'm not trying to sound like a negative shit. It's just uh, part of a puzzle kind of thing. But I like what I saw, so, you know? And your rating? Uh, incomplete. Can't, can't rate it yet. Okay. All right. Uh, Jeff, to you. Uh, yes. Uh, so, um, I rank this film very high up there with some of my favorite mainstream Friday the 13th films. And while I cannot say that I've seen every Friday the 13th fan film, this is Shit. high and above. Let me interrupt best- you. No, it's canon. It's canon. Go ahead. I'm done. I'm done talking at you. And above the best out of the several that I have seen, uh, I have spoken many times highly of this movie. I am a fan. Um, I this movie, from what I understand, is made on a budget of about 
$18,000, maybe $19,000, close to somewhere around there, uh, estimated. And it doesn't look we like it. played the budget game. This does not look like something that was <laughs> trademark on such a small budget like that. This is like you see these fan films where they're like clearly shot on an iPhone and edited poorly. This is very high-end product that we've got here. And because of that, I have I do own the Blu-ray, and I put it right there on the shelf, right next to all the Friday, Friday the 13th, and I recommend everybody do the same thing. Uh, I give it a solid 9 out of 10. On the interview, I said, I, I said, yeah, I took Jason Goes to Hell, and I threw it out of the sleeve and put yours there. But he's like, Adam Marcus is a very nice guy, and I'm just like, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, man. I don't want to sound like an asshole. Adam Marcus is nice. We lost Aaron. Uh, it looks like we did lose Aaron. I assumed he just uh, he left because uh, your he hates us your, and he's your, tired of- your short speech was so long winded that I actually had time to look up the Academy Award "Get Off the Stage" music and was about to play it for you. <laughs> I go through my categories, man. I do nudity, gore, music, and plot. That's not the new. I've been doing that for a while. <laughs> uh, so let's see if we can get Aaron back in. Um, uh, should we? No, I don't know. Um, But that's pretty much it for the episode. But I want to make sure that we've got Aaron on for the sign-off here. So uh, see if we can uh, try to get him. We add this shit out later. Um, Yeah, I don't ever put too much effort into it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we got Marshall. I haven't seen this dude in forever. Uh, So uh, let's see. Um, Other than this... um, Coming hot on the heels of this movie, uh, we've got a uh, another Friday the Thirteenth lined up. Um, where Man, we, that's going to be a doozy. Where we uh, visit? Um, uh, what's the site there, Nachos? Oh, Pinehurst. Yes. Pine, hey, I got it right. Pinehurst. The, the Pinehurst uh, Sanitarium, uh, and our favorite paramedic outside of Tommy Jarvis, Roy Burns. Oh, so definitely check five. out that. Uh, one of the best movies in the franchise, if not the best Friday the 13th overall. I know Marshall agrees with me. It's a fun one. Uh, it's just part of the team. There's no eyes involved. Uh, so we'll give Aaron one more try here. Uh, call him back in. And then if not, we'll do the sign-offs and uh, um, end the episode. Yeah, I was going to say, Bob. Marshall, you got to jump off this immediately after? You want to chit-chat or what you, what you got going on? Um, it, it depends. I can, I can, might be able to chit chat for a little bit. Um, okay. if you still want to do the, the, the mini episode, I can probably hang on and do that. I um, am, but I don't know if, you know, if Aaron can't join there. us for that, then I guess we can't do it. All right. Well, I uh, don't think we're going to get Aaron back, so let's go ahead and wrap it up. So, uh, we, again, uh, that was Aaron Southworth and Marshall Hampton from the Horrible Horror Podcast. Marshall, uh, why don't you tell the, why don't you tell the fine folks where, we can, where they can find you? Oh, shit, that's going to be Aaron's job. I'm bad at this. Okay, so, um, well, our podcast, Horrible Horror Podcast, is pretty much on every fucking podcast site out there. So if you have podcasts, we're there. You can find us. Um, You can find us on Facebook, of course. Uh, We're also on Twitter at at SoBadAtScary. We're on Instagram at Horrible underscore podcast or something like that. Aaron does this better than I do. Um, and, uh, I'm probably forgetting something, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, your, your website, our website, horriblehorrorpodcast.com. Uh, all episodes are there as long as, as well as a bunch of other stuff, uh, that are, it's kind of fun. Our, our hall of fame is there. Uh, some videos are there. We have a, a, a small YouTube page, which we're trying to build up as well. So we're on YouTube right now. 
and that's pretty much about it, I guess. So there, that's the good. That's the goodness. Eat hey, that, enjoy it. I'll throw it at you real quick. Was this movie? It's so bad. It's oh, you're, 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 oh, one hundred percent. So bad. It's good promotion for you, bud. <laughs> so bad. It's good, as we would say. I agree. Uh, as for us, of course, you can find us on uh, Instagram at Here Comes the Spooky, Twitter and Facebook at Here Comes Spooky. You can email us at gmail.com. We did get a second fan email. I meant to bring this up earlier. Uh, the second ever. Uh, again, no request. Odd criticism. The first one was uh, to let me know that Corey Haim probably tried really hard to uh, act in that wheelchair because uh, that individual did not realize that he wasn't a paraplegic. Uh, this one, however, uh, this dude wanted to let me know that I pronounced the word Barbara wrong in our uh, Night of the Living Dead 1990 remake episode because I mostly say Barbara because phonetically that's how it looks on paper. Uh, but I was like, somebody's being fickle as fuck. I call her Barbara. I call her Babs. I call her Babar, like the elephant. Yes, you did. You called her Babar. <laughs> but like, it's like, yeah, I get it. But I like to say it. I like to say it, Barbara. Uh, so uh, sorry, to, we like to have a little fun on the podcast sometimes. You yeah. know, go to hell, Red Husky, nineteen ninety. Sometimes but, we just gotta lighten up. But hey, you know what? At least you keep, get, you know, getting some emails. <laughs> it's a, that's. That's progress. But keep listening. Like my lawyer said, there's no such thing as bad publicity. <laughs> Red Husky. Yeah. Wait, lighten up Red Husky? 90? Red Husky, 1990. Yeah, going to be lighting up your house. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if he's like a ginger fat guy or he likes the color red and the husky dog. I don't know. Whatever. Um, but- I'm going to like spend my gears on that to figure out who that may or may not be. It could be a joke. But anyway, it was fun. So make sure you hit us up there. Uh, and of course, always you can download us uh, anywhere you get your second favorite horror movie podcast: Podbean, Stitcher, Insta, or uh, iTunes, uh, Google Play Music, Raspberry. Uh, and uh, so, that thanks for checking us out. Uh, uh, remember to stay stay uh, six feet apart from each other, wear a mask, and always and always stay. stay-